Hey, it's Cameron McAdoo. This is Kyle Chisholm. This is Vin Treasy. This is Mike Alessia. This is Justin Britton, the Smart Top Moto Concepts Honda team. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. started big mx radio brought to you by justified cultures is on the air fueled by a passion focused on motocross fly racing bills pipes w wheels maxima usa moto ice wrap 100 goggles and moto stuff make it possible to bring you the news the interviews and the point of views Inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures. You can go to justifiedcultures.com right now, finish off that holiday shopping with discount code BIGMX17. That'll get you 30% off your bill. 30% off with Justified Cultures with that discount code of BIGMX17. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. And on this episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast, we're introducing Moto Concepts Racing for 2017, brought to you by Justified Cultures. With us on the line, we've got the number 10 machine of Justin Britton. Justin, how are you this beautiful Monday evening? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I had a good day at the test track today, uh, riding with my buddy Cole Seeley and uh, doing some moto. So, yeah, had a great Monday. Pounding in laps on that brand new 2017 Honda uh, 450. Um, First impressions of that motorcycle that you've been on for about a month now as far as uh, some solid testing. Um, The show of suspension has got to be tuned in uh, pretty good for you so far. Yeah, man, it's uh, honestly, it was incredible. The first day I rode it, uh, I had just got back from Geneva, Switzerland, I guess it was about three weeks ago. And uh, we had our team intro on a Tuesday. And uh, that was actually the very first day I threw a leg over the, the 2017 model. So uh, it was like a, a Christmas morning for me. Or, you know, <laughs> nice. I had, had some new gear and, uh, and a brand new bike. And I'll tell you what, my first impressions were, were really good. Actually, after I think it was my third time on the bike that day, I was like, this is crazy to say, but I would choose this bike right now in stock form with just had a uh, show of suspension on it, had some handlebars and a uh, Yoshimura pipe. Um, I said I would choose this actually over the bike that I've been racing in Australia and in Geneva, which wow. was pretty much a full factory uh, Honda. So um, it's pretty amazing that they can do those bigger changes and, and a bike be that good stock. It was it's pretty amazing. Actually, I'm still riding it in stock form. Tomorrow will be the first day that I get to um, test it with, with basically a full done-up engine. Um, so yeah, man, it's been it's been awesome. Been feeling good on the bike and excited for the new year. 
No kidding. We get uh, get a chance to unleash the fire breather tomorrow. But uh, like you said, stock trim, uh, it's 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 playing into your hands. That's got to be a good feeling, knowing that uh, like chassis wise, you know where your setup's going to be, and uh, um, you can kind of build from there as far as uh, where. Because this thing's got to be a scalpel in your hands. Uh, you're the surgeon going into 2017 here. Yeah, and, and sometimes I feel like race teams, and I'm totally guilty of it as well, is you go so far away from stock form that you kind of get lost, and then you have to start from kind of ground zero again. So it's nice for me to be able to start here and say, man, this, this bike is incredible. Here's what I would maybe fine-tune. Here's what I would change. Um, so it's been really cool. So I, I'm, I'm excited and, and really excited for just the consumer to be able to go out and buy a bike of, of this caliber. It's, it's crazy. It really is how good, uh, how good stock bikes have, have become over the years. And, and, um, I, I would be totally fine with going to Anaheim one right now with a stock engine. And I never, ever thought I would say that because typically I like a really fast bike and, and, um, so I, yeah, I never thought I would say that. And I was nervous the first time I rode it. I was like, man, really, I'm going to ride a stock motor on a supercross track. And, and it's been, it's been totally fine. Fair enough. Well, uh, that, that speaks volumes to the quality of that brand new 2017, uh, uh all new CR4, CRF 450. Um, but let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about, uh, closing the deal here with, uh, Moto Concepts, uh, the, the Honda team, um, as coming coming into 2017, uh, free agent, if you will, found yourself uh, found a shelf of a place with the the Moto Concepts guys, and I feel like it's uh, it's a great place for you. You have the ability to uh, it's it's not the same pressures as a, as a factory rig, but you've got the support of Honda, which you you know as well as anybody else would. Um, as far as a factory team and far as the resources at your beck and call, uh, you've really kind of got the best of both worlds here. Yeah, it is. It really you know, came together pretty seamless. And, and obviously later in the year, I, I did have a couple offers throughout the year. I just didn't feel like they fit um, kind of my program or, or what I had seen as potentially uh, the direction I wanted to go with, with maybe doing Supercross only and uh, possibly going over to, over to Australia. So um, it really all came together and it, um, you know, like I said, pretty, pretty easy and, and we got the right people involved and thankfully um i've got some great relationships at american honda uh, from my time there and um one of my best friends is is uh cole seeley's mechanic and i'm really good buddies with cole and and uh dan team manager over there great guy gothic jay was my mechanic he's now kind of the crew chief so just got a gr- a lot of great relationships um over there and and uh, made a couple phone calls and and yeah man it just all kind of kind of work and and uh i think moto concepts is a team that's pretty much been under the radar they've just kind of done their own thing for for a while and and mike genova has you know he obviously has the resources to go racing without much help um but i think they've deserved help for a long time it just needed to be the right fit and now with honda coming on board and supporting their team i think it's a win-win i really do i, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised with with the the whole you know the the image of it and and um just the look of our team is it's really cool it gets me excited um and then with the only bike and and um it's going to be an exciting year i haven't been this excited to go racing in a long time 
Well, it's it's that's uh, encouraging to hear. Uh, it sounds like a relationship where you're both bringing some uh, some excellent things to the table. Um, you yourself coming off of uh, a successful season last year, rolling into uh, knowing that you're not going to have to face uh, 12 outdoors after the Supercross seasons. You can pour yourself uh, fully submerged into uh, Supercross uh, testing and research and, and like, long into the, the dog days of, this, of the, uh, the Supercross season. You can still mm-hmm. be focusing on Supercross when some other guys might tur- turn their attention to outdoors. Um and as far as uh, Cole Seeley is concerned, how much of a resource is that to you? you know, the fact that the, the kid's been on the bike just a little bit longer. Uh, he's probably ridden that bike in stock trim as well and, and found that it's, it's a pretty good bike as well. He might have some helpful tips for you to how you can develop it to, to really get, get the most out of that machine. Yeah, for sure. Honda's been great, uh, along with Cole and the mechanics. And, you know, they've shared as much information as they can. I don't dig too deep. And, you know, their stuff, they kind of want to, keep close to them. And, and, uh, and I totally understand that, but they've been just great. And, uh, when I was preparing to go to Australia and race over there, I was allowed to go to the test track, you know, on the 2016 model. And, uh, so I got to see Cole, you know, transition from 16 to 17 and, and got to see really both bikes on the track back to back and, and got to see how much better he rode the 17 and, um, and the stopwatch don't lie. He was, he was quite a bit faster on the new bike. Um, so it got me excited, uh, you know, to, for one, to have the opportunity to race a bike like that for two, to have, you know, have a little bit of Honda support and, and have those guys, you know, help me out and, and, uh, be able to ride with Cole. I mean, that's a great resource in itself. We've been friends for a long time and, um, yeah, to be able to chase him around and, and, uh, him chase me around. And, you know, it's, it's good for both of us. It, it really is. I'm always kind of nipping at his heels a little bit off and then there'll be certain days where I'm feeling good. And, and, you know, so he'll be, he'll be trying to, you know, get the gap even, even further. And so we're always kind of, we, we benefit each other for sure. So I think it's a good mix right now. And, and, uh, I'm having fun man. it's, it's been really cool. Well, I've often said that uh, that you professional racers can always make something super special happen when you are having a lot of fun. And I can almost uh, see the grin on your face uh, through through the phone right now when we're talking about a season coming up rather quickly. That it's all kind of coming together, and uh, a lot of so a lot of new things for you this year. Obviously, the Honda, but uh, for the first time in a long time, we don't see you in uh, in Fly Racing Apparel, which is of course they're a huge sponsor of this show. But uh, I got to ask how that uh, that new JT gear is fitting, and uh, I, I assume. Uh, it's like quite comfortable for you yeah first and foremost i mean i I love the guys that fly they're just they're great people incredible people and it's cool this sport is it's great in the fact that you get to meet you know a lot of great people and build friendships but then the business side kind of takes over and you have to make decisions that are tough because of friendships and and relationships that you've built and and you know unfortunately and fortunately it was just kind of a decision that i had to make um you know for for business reasons and and reasons with the team and and um yeah so nothing against the fly guys i I like their gear a lot i I think the people are great over there um but jt has given me an opportunity to to wear their stuff and and it's been awesome i've been really impressed with with how it fits and and just the look of it i was super excited when i showed up at the the team shoot with the gear that they had done up and 
and um, just I feel like my whole look is good with uh, with Garnet boots and and uh, showy helmet and the JT gear and some Scott goggles and man it's it's um it's cool it's it's an exciting time and going back to riding and and uh, and stuff with Cole in 2012 we did everything together from from motos to training to gym and everything bicycle rides we did it all and and it kind of has the same feeling this year. Um, and in 2012, I had the best year of my career. He yeah. had a huge breakout year where he won a lot of races. And, and um, so I, I feel like it's kind of that same vibe. And like you said, when, you know, happy, happy rider tends to get some good results. So I'm hoping that transitions the same this year. I couldn't agree more. Now, uh, we, we've listed quite a few, but what, what's the, the greatest benefit of your current program? Obviously, being Supercross only, uh, it's it's not nearly as taxing on your body, but uh, where does that factor in for you on the mental side of things, uh, knowing that you can truly focus on uh, on something that I feel is, is, is your greatest strength, is that uh, being a technician on the indoor tracks? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Um, for one, for Tony, Alessi, and Mike Genova to give me this opportunity and to be open-minded with with uh, with Honda and myself coming on board, and um, you know, so thankful for for those guys and and the opportunity that they've given me. And Supercross has always been, I don't want to say easier, but it's it's just came more natural to me, and I have so much more fun doing it. And uh, it stems from you know my childhood growing up in Iowa. Uh, I had to race a lot of indoor events during the winter because, you know, there's five months out of the year where I can't ride because it's snowing. And yeah. um, and then during the summer, we would do a lot of fair races, which are a lot tighter tracks. And so I think it has, has to do, you know, a lot with that. And then uh, my early pro pro days was, was just arena cross, and I wouldn't race nationals. And um, so, yeah, so it just kind of comes more natural to me. It's a lot more fun. Um, not to say that motocross hasn't been fun. It's just, it's just, uh, I don't know the right word for it, but it's just taxing. And, and I love to do the off season races and with doing supercross motocross and off season races, it's a 12 month schedule of a grind of training day in and day out. And now I've, I've got a, a wife and a two and a half year old daughter that I, you know, that takes time. And I just think it was the, the perfect fit to be with moto concepts, to be back on Honda, to do supercross only. Um, and to go all in, I've got a few more really good years left in me that I feel like I could be competitive. And I truly feel like on any given night, I could go win a supercross main event. I don't necessarily think that I could go win Glen Helen. I I just don't, I I don't, it's not even a belief. It's just the, it's just the effort that it takes to do that in the middle of May, June and July. And man, not that I'm a hard worker or that I shy away from work, but it's just, I don't know if I want to put that type of effort in for 12 months out of the year. I just feel like I would want to be done, done racing altogether. And I think I'd be selling myself short and sponsors short if I just kept doing that. So I'm going to kind of just focus on what I'm good at and what I enjoy doing for, you know, three, four, five more years, who knows how many, and um, just really enjoy it. So what, is, what has been uh, some of your, your greatest fans' reaction been to uh, going to the Moto Concepts team? Obviously, uh, they must be really excited to see you back on red. And uh, first and foremost, seeing the number 10 back out there on the st- in the stadiums where uh, it's always the friendly confines for you. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's nice to be back on red. For some reason, you know, 
I, I just fit well on a Honda. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, I grew up on it. Um, you raced just, uh, Honda two strokes back in the day, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. I grew up, uh, racing for a local shop storm like Honda back in Iowa and, uh, and always rode Hondas in my arena cross days. I was on Hondas. Um, and, uh, obviously 2012 was on factory Honda and, and I've had some of my best races, um, best of my, my career on, on Hondas. And, uh, there's something about just sitting on the bike. Just it fits me well from bar position to foot pegs to um, how the bike reacts and handles. And, yeah, there's just something about it. I had a guy tell me earlier today that – and I've got a lot of actually fan feedback on, on Twitter and Instagram how I just look different on a Honda. And, uh, you know, and I feel different on a Honda. It's, you know, you riders throughout their career, they find this brand that they kind of really gel with. And for some reason, it's just – it's Honda for me. Um, I've had great success on other brands as well. And, and all the bikes are so good nowadays that there's really not a brand that, that I could sit here and say, Oh, that bike's not good. Or I didn't like that bike. Cause I've liked all of them. Really. It's just something about Honda that has, that sticks out to me. I, I ride it better. I'm more comfortable and more confident. And I always feel like with the Honda, it's never the bike. It's always me. I can always push the bike further. And if I'm not doing well, it's just me. I'm not going fast enough. Um, where I have been on other brands where I'm like, man, I'm trying my butt off and I, I just, I'm better than that. But the bike's holding me back to where a Honda, I just don't feel like, I don't feel like it holds me back at all. And that's a, it's a good place to be in. Now, speaking of, uh, holding you back and see if you can confirm a story for me or not. You used to wear a, uh, a, a neck brace, correct? Yep. And uh, I heard just just through the grapevine that at some point you were wearing your your, your chest your uh, your neck brace, and you there was a, a tricky rhythm section at a supercross track you weren't able to master. And someone said you don't have the quite body English to get it with that the neck brace on. Take that neck brace off, and you'll be able to grease that thing. And you did exactly that. Can you confirm that? <laughs> yeah, it actually wasn't a rhythm section. It was a triple out of a turn that okay. we went straight into a whoop section. So I would come out of the turn and we triple. And then I would land and I'd go to soak the bike up into my body. And I kept getting a kick on the first whoop and I couldn't go through him. It was actually Chad Reed who I was riding with that day. And, um, and I just, he was getting me in that one section and, and I couldn't believe it. Cause I'm like, man, I'm usually good in the whoops and what's going on. And, and, uh, yeah. And actually he was the one that said, Hey, ditch that thing and, and see how it works then. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it was a tough decision because I, you know, obviously I, I have a, a, you know, a certain belief in, in those yeah. braces and I, I always wore a Liat. I, I wore it for years and years. And, and, um, so I think it's a, a personal decision. I think there's times that it's saved my butt and, um, it's a decision that I guess every rider has to, has to make and, and, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty crazy that day, and, and uh, I still tried to wear it though after that, and um, just felt more comfortable without it. So, um, but people always ask me, what what if your kid ever wanted to drive? Would would you have him wear one? And man, it's such a tough it's just such a tough subject that it's it's um yeah I don't know I honestly don't know. So I'm not I'm not an uh, I I personally don't wear one, but I'm not against them either. I'm really not. Fair enough. Well, lo- locally here in Manitoba, they make uh, all ki- all riders on an 80cc or smaller have to wear some sort of neck protection, whether it be a neck roll or uh, or a, a, 
a neck brace. So, uh, um, yeah. and after that, once they're adults, I guess, or once they're off uh, big bikes or small bikes, they can they can make that decision for themselves. But uh, they kind of take that out of the hands of the, the younger riders because I guess that's when they're most vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad, not a bad thing at all. Fair enough. Now, um, obviously, uh, you're, you're really looking forward to this particular season. Um, but uh, do you set goals walking into a season? Uh, or are, you, are you hoping for a certain amount of this or a certain amount of that? Or is it uh, like a good, consistent finishes and uh, and basically bringing your best every time that you hit the track? Yeah, for sure. We sit down and, and set goals, absolutely. I've still got a big check mark on my goal list of winning a Supercross main event. Yeah. Um, so that's for sure one of my goals. You know, uh, some people probably laugh at that, but there's been times even last year where I was, you know, a, a top three guy and for sure a top five guy. I had some top fives and won, won some heat races. And um, and obviously it doesn't get any easier, but I really feel like this bike suits me. Um, I, I think I, I'm going to be another surprise, I feel like, throughout my whole career. Um, there's been... I don't know how many years I've been in 450 class, but I feel like every year people are like, oh man, he's, he's really surprising me. And sooner, I guess now that I'm getting older, now I'm going to be a surprise again. But for certain reasons, every year I've been like a surprise. So people have always kind of counted me out, but um, yeah, as far as goals, for sure, I would love to check that box of winning a main event. Um, And I believe I can be a consistent top five guy. Obviously there's a, there's, uh, a lot of guys you can probably rattle off 10 guys right now that would probably say the same thing but um yeah i i, I truly believe i can and i'm riding better than maybe i ever have been with winning the championship down in australia um riding with cole and and the guys out here and um i'm feeling good so i think uh I'll, I'll have a good year and surprise some people again sure i totally agree what uh like how, how important is that the uh like taking those checkered flags, getting those moto wins for, for the, just like the mental side of things, knowing that uh, you, you've been showing up to events lately, knowing that uh, you're the guy to beat and you have the speed to beat anybody who shows up. Can you carry that from an off season race? Obviously it's a different field, but can you take that winning sensation, that attitude into Anaheim one and, uh, and, and really turn some heads because in the past we've seen some, some surprise, uh, um, finishers taking the the first uh, Supercross, whether it be uh, Greg Albertine or uh, Sebastian Tortelli or um, last year with Jason Anderson. Yeah, I think so. And there's a certain belief system that you have to have. And, and when I'm over in Australia, I have that. So it's nice to, to feel that, that belief. Um, I have been, you know, it's been tough to bring it to the States at times. I've won a lot overseas, but um and this year I just have a different, I have a different mindset. I have a different feel about everything. Um, and going over there, I mean, I was not prepared to go win that championship. And I just mentally, I just overturned everything from fitness to not much time on the bike. I just fully believed it. And that really proved to me how, how much the mind affects things. And I'm going to go to Anaheim the same way. I don't really care who what name is on the back of the jersey and um i have in the past i've been guilty of that early in my career racing you know if i've seen a, a dungy or something i oh he's supposed to beat me so you know you don't really put up much of a fight and um but i, I don't have a lot of years left and and um and i want to i want to go out with a bang i think it's um i've always 
have felt like I should be a winner and could be a winner, and um, there's no better time than now. Fair enough. Well, I think early, early, early in your professional career, I think Ryan Dungey was still on 65s. Um, but um, nevertheless, uh, um, come on, the, the, stick on the <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe 80s. But uh, the the fact of the matter is, is that uh, you, you're tuned in and you're getting yourself uh, set to, uh, to to ride the, the full factory motor tomorrow. Um, what is it about the about you that uh, gets uh, that you have to like? What, what are you most picky about as far as bike setup? Um, man, a good suspension setting is always kind of what we're after. Um, but I would say I'm most picky about my controls and, and, uh, like bar position and, and, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I would say that's, that's what I'm most picky about. Awesome, man. Well, we really look forward to uh, a very successful 2017 season. Justin Brayton, it's been a huge honor to have you here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Don't hang up just yet uh, because I need you to list off those uh, Moral Concept sponsors for me. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Cool. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Do you, uh, do you have uh, some sponsors you'd like to thank? Yeah, man, just all the, the Moto Concepts guys, Mike Genova and, and Tony Lesson for for giving me the opportunity and, and um Smart Top and Honda for for their support and yeah, man, I'm looking forward to, to a good year. It's gonna be a blast. Awesome, man. Well, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake we'll cut it off right there. Cool, thank you. When it's time to turn heads, Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes street bikes or bicycles nobody does it better than spokeskins mix and match your spokes or go with the same color all the way around either way spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look without the custom price tag if you're looking to set your bike apart from the rest of the herd turn some heads and be able to change your bike's look on the fly head to spokeskins.net. They don't just have spokeskins on their website. They've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off-Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to spokeskins.net today, place your order, and get set up to turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered. RacersIndex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, RacersIndex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at RacersIndex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the RacersIndex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at RacersIndex.com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at racersindex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. Racersindex.com. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show.
Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 Speed, too. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Vince Freezy on the line, the 61 on your program, number one in your hearts. Vince, we're rolling into 2017. I believe this is your fifth or sixth year even on uh, the Moto Concepts team. And uh, you, you are you are totally dialed in on this Honda. It's uh, similar to the, uh, your 2016 race bike. How excited are you for the gate to drop in uh, just three weeks' time? Oh, I'm really excited. Uh, we've been working really hard. Uh, like you said, the bike is uh, something that I, I know really well. I'm really comfortable with. Uh, we had a similar setup for a few years now, and um, we've made even more progress with it this off season. and I'm ready to come out swinging. How much of a uh, an asset is that to you, knowing that uh, what your race bike is going to be like? You've basically you've got it about as close to uh, kind of perfection as you you can. So right now it's about uh, dialing in the lap times, cut, cutting as many corners as you can to try and to to get those fast lap times as, as quickly as you can. So uh, rather than having to battle setup and uh, and and brand new uh, things on the bike that uh, the, a lot of your competitors are having to deal with right now. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, of course, we've still been trying, you know, trying our best to make the bike better. Um, I got a great team behind me. Uh, of course, the Smart Top Moto Concepts team has really been putting a lot into me and the program to to make our bike even better. And um, yeah, we we did most of that in the off season. And then you're right. Yeah, we, we've we've been able to kind of just focus on on me and, and doing laps and and getting faster and fitter and and stronger on the bike. And um, it's it's paid off and. Um, yeah, it's, it's huge to answer your question, to, to, to be able to stick with a similar motorcycle and, and, uh, know everything, the ins and outs of, of what, what works at what types of tracks and, you know, um, what kind of changes do what and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I love the Honda, you know, I've, I've been on a Honda for a long time now and, um, that's, it's my brand of choice in motorcycle. You know, if I were a privateer and had to go out and buy my own, which, which I have in the past, um, it's always a Honda that I go that I choose to go by. So um, I, I like that. And then, you know, an awesome group of guys with the Smart Top Moto Concepts crew, Tony and Mike Genova have been awesome. Um, my mechanic, John, has, has done a really good job this year. And, um, you know, just the whole crew has been, been really good. And we've made a lot of progress, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now you've been part of the team for quite some time now, and you've seen the team evolve and and uh, make strides. Uh, this this year, more than ever, they seem to be having the the best amount of support, the best amount of resources, and uh, it's a really polished and and a finished product that's coming to the races. Uh, from a mental standpoint, as a racer, that's got to be uh, kind of a, a good feeling for you rolling into a season that uh, I know you really want to uh, drop that national number down uh, deep below the fifties. Definitely. Um, you know, I'm excited and I, I think the team is getting a lot of good uh, recognition and people are really starting to, to realize how good of a team it is. And um, I'd like to think a little bit of that comes from, from my riding and um, Mike's riding, but um, definitely the majority of it is just, you know, you can see how good our motorcycle works and then you, you walk by the rig in the, in the pits and you see how professional and, and top notch everything is. And, you know, I, I know done some behind the scenes stuff you go in the semi and you know they're they're showing you what's in the drawers and and everything like that and and 
people have really gotten to see that that it's a top-notch program and um um, I, th- I think people are finally starting to kind of realize it and um yeah it, it's paying off and it's cool to uh to see the team grow and and I've, I've kind of been growing with them you know i've uh i've been with them for the most part since 2009 and i've I've grown a lot and uh they have too and it's, it's been cool to kind of do that with that team like i said i really like those guys mike genova is an awesome guy and um, he's been really good to me over the years. He's really believed in me. And um, Tony Lessie is, you know, the same thing. He's um, he's been with me since, uh, you know, I haven't haven't been able to hardly make a main event. And now I'm, um, you know, a, a big part of the team. You know, it was just me and Mike last year, so I was kind of one of the premier guys. And um, um, he's really supported me and believed in me even when I when I wasn't doing so good. And and uh, it's cool to be a part of a program like that. Absolutely. Now, I, I imagine it's got to be uh, something for you that, like, having such great backing and ha- having uh, seeing the the support get better every every single year uh, allows you to uh, put those those practice laps in a little bit harder. Allows you to dig a little bit deeper and uh, feel good about it because uh, you know all your efforts are going towards something that's really going to pay off in the end. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's awesome, and uh, to you know. To, to put in the results for myself is, is great. And then to, to put them in for a team that I really, truly like and enjoy the people and, and, and everything about it, it, it makes it even better. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. How, how has your relationship with, uh, with Tony devolved over the years? Obviously someone that you may not have uh, known very well when you first came to the team in 2009, but uh, since then really taking you under, under his wing uh, and uh, giving you some opportunities to, uh, to go fast on a 250, a 450, as well as outdoors. Um, what, uh, what's the, the relationship like uh, with you and Tony? Um, man, Tony's a big part of why I am where I am right now. Um, I, I learned a lot from him, even, you know, in the early years being on the team with him, I learned a lot from him kind of without him even teaching me anything, just kind of being in the, in the background watching. And, um, you know, for a couple of years there, it was, they were pretty serious with Mike, you know, he was, he was going for championships and, um, you know, winning, winning races. And, and uh, I was kind of the second tier guy on the team, which I was happy to be at the time to to be a part of a team that was winning races and and get to be in that you know under that same tent and on the same team of a guy that's going for a championship was a a cool experience for me and um yeah, I got to learn a lot from from that whole deal and and Tony was probably the main guy I was learning from um just you know the way they do things on race day, the way they do things with the motorcycle um really everything. And and obviously Mike too, uh, Michael Lessie, I, I learned a lot from him in those years. And, um, yeah, I guess it kind of went from more Tony, you know, teaching me or me kind of learning from him. And now we're kind of working together more a little bit. Um, you know, I think he, he's, he trusts in my input I put into the motorcycle and, um, obviously I trust in his and, um, I think we've made a great motorcycle and I think a lot of people have seen that. And, um, I think Tony's doing an awesome job as a team manager. I think that's kind of what he's what he's meant to do. You know, that that's that's what he's done ever since Mike was a little kid is is manage a racer and now he's managing a professional race team that's you know Honda supported and um a, a top level team. So yeah, um Tony's an awesome guy and I think one of the smartest guys on the pits and I've learned a lot from him and uh, I enjoy working with him. 
For sure, and a, and a growing team at that. Looking back to uh, the the your the December tenth or December seventh rather for uh, the the team's intro, uh, see a, a number of photos of uh, the, the different riders on the team, all of which are smiling ear to ear, except for yourself. What's with the uh, the blue steel man? What uh, is it that the, the intimidator look, or are you just uh, uh, not having a great day that day? No, I just try to keep it serious. I don't know. I I just uh, I, I maybe I don't like what I look like when I smile or something. I maybe. just kind of keeping it serious. I'm out there to do do a job and do work. And um, yeah, I, I think that was my brand new bike. I was going to ride that day on a track I'd never been on. I knew I was kind of thinking about that. I was, I was a little uh, preparing myself. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Fair enough. Well, uh, how is that brand new motorcycle? And obviously getting uh, access to ride the, the Honda test track is something new for you. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about those two things coming together and uh, how you've enjoyed that over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, it's been awesome. The, the Honda track's great. It's a, it's a real professionally built track. And um, yeah, it's awesome to be able to switch it up. You know, in Southern California, it's kind of the mecca of dirt bike riding, but there's really not too many supercross tracks we have the opportunity to go ride. So um, that's that was definitely cool. And uh, the the race bike is uh, great. You know, I got a new mechanic there uh, this year, uh, John Kinnick. Uh He's been great building tons and tons of, of different stuff and testing. And, uh, yeah, he did a great job with the race bike. And, um yeah, we we actually had it done. I think in like, I want to say it was October. We I rode that race bike for the first time. Obviously, we didn't ride it much. I think I just rode it a little bit one day, and we put it away until that uh, team intro. But um, yeah, that's kind of how ahead of the curve we've been this year. You know, and especially it helps you know being on that, not switching to the new bike just yet. Um, I think that was a good move on our part. We have a lot of uh, good parts and stuff like that 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 make that bike really really good and um yeah the race bike's awesome i'm I'm ready to get it out out in the anaheim stadium and and get going seems like all you guys are uh, are champing at the bit and uh, one of the things that's uh, unique about uh, the moto concepts honda team is that uh, the fact that you guys have proven that uh, race tech suspension is, uh, is is totally capable of running up front in in supercross races we've seen you uh, get grab hole shots lead laps in both uh, main events and heat races tell us a little bit about developing uh, a feel with race tech which is a, a company that you've been working with for a really long time i'm thinking all the way back in 2010 when i went Went down to uh, to to the milestone uh, Supercross track. We'll watch guys like yourself trying to d- dial things in with the guys at Rover at Race Tech. That's really cool to see. Yeah, you know, Race Tech has been awesome. They've been a huge part of my program. Um, and you know, for for the Moto Concepts team to believe in me enough to kind of let me bring those guys over, not only bring them over onto my equipment, and, and they uh, they also brought them onto the rest of the team pretty much this year and. Uh, and, and in the past, you know, Mike Mike started using it, and um, I know Mike and Tony used them back in the amateur days, and they've kind of been with them for off and on for a long time too. And and I know Tony really believed in uh, Paul Seed and and Rob over there, and, and um, obviously it's proven to to work and and to be really high level capable stuff. And um, those guys have been awesome. They've been testing with us day in and day out, and and making it even better and um yeah i think it's uh I, I think it's an advantage you know some people see that see that we've got production stuff on our bike and um they look at it like oh man it's, it's a disadvantage but um you know i've had the option to go 
pretty much wherever I, I wanted as far as suspension at times, and, and I pretty much always choose to go back to race tech. Fair enough. Well, it's, it's for familiar territory for you, and uh, that same same goes for the motorcycle. Um, as, how far is your uh, your practice bike away from uh, the race bike, as far as engine package, as well as uh, kind of the, uh, the the overall finished package? Um, pretty much identical. Um, that's you know Tony's done an awesome job, and obviously Mike Genova for for funding it and approving you know everything he's let Tony Tony do with the bikes. But he's man, he's made a great program of. You know, I, I don't feel much difference at all, except for maybe things feel a little fresher when I get on my race bike. But um, even even at that, they, they keep my practice bike almost brand new at all times. Um, so, yeah, I'm really lucky there. You know, I'm riding a pretty much race-ready bike every single day at practice, and then um, I go get on one that's, that's the same thing for the race, and it, it, it feels great. And uh, it's really been a big part of, helping me improve each year and, and get a little bit faster when I'm riding that, that high level of a motorcycle every day at the practice track. So uh, it's been a couple of years now for you, but uh, how has your transition been going from like you were a, a bit of a 250F specialist in Supercross? I feel like that was uh, something that you did really well for a long period of time. Switching into the 450, there is something you have to change the way you ride it a little bit. How uh, how long of, tr- of a transition was that like for you? And uh, now to, uh, how, how at home do you feel on the 450? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a transition, but I've always... Um... I've always enjoyed the 250, but, um, you know, the 450, I feel like suits me maybe a little bit better. Um, especially the one we we've got built now. I, I really like it and I really enjoy riding it. Um, I always kind of wanted to stay in the 250 class until I was able to win, um, a championship or even at least a race, you know, and I, I was kind of, kind of bummed out at the time that I, I didn't do that when I, when I decided to leave the 250 class, but, um, now looking back as I'm glad I, I did what I did because I I'm a part of a great program with a with a great bike and um I'm really able to build on you know each race and each year um with this with this motorcycle. <clears throat> um you know, I I couldn't ask for a better bike to be on right now. So um I'm glad I'm on the four fifty. I, I really like it and I think for me as a rider, the bike I'm on suits me more than anything else could. That's good to hear. So, what's what's it like having a, a fresh young face like Cameron McAdoo rolling underneath the tent? Uh, the kid's uh, um, like super young, super fast, and uh, mega flashy on the bike. Um, what 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 can you pull from him? And uh, what kind of advice do you have for for a young man who's going to have to go through the uh, the RC road to Supercross? And uh, and by by the end of the season, he's going to be uh, pitted probably close to you. Um, yeah, he seems like an awesome kid. I, I kind of got to know him a little bit last year. I think it was at Daytona's when I first met him, watched him ride, and uh, Genova and Tony brought us out and kind of on the uh, amateur day at Daytona and kind of pointed him out and said, keep an eye on this guy, and I was really impressed then. And then obviously uh, Monster Cup this year was, was awesome. You know, it showed out how good he really was. And, um, yeah, he seems like a, a, a good, smart kid that's um, – um, I, I, I think he'll, he'll have a good career. I think, um, you know, I couldn't obviously say which, which way it's going to go exactly, but he seems like the, the kind of guy that's, um, in it, in it for the long haul and, you know, smart enough to, to keep it on two wheels and, um, keep, keep building and keep getting better. Um, I think he'll, I think he'll do really well. 
Fair enough. Well, uh, obviously, you've got some uh, some lofty expectations and goals going into 2017. What uh, what are some uh, kind of benchmark uh, that you benchmarks that you've set for yourself rolling into uh, a season that uh, you look to uh, uh, make, make some improvements and, like I said, uh, a career best uh, national number, hopefully. Yeah, um, obviously with the number thing, it's a little tough with, you know, they include the outdoors and, and I don't think we plan on racing the outdoor season down here, but, um, yeah, as far as Supercross goes, I really want to be inside the top 10 and, um, I know there's, there's probably over 20 factory guys or factory level guys that, um, are in the main each weekend, but, um, I think I'm more than capable, capable of being there every weekend and, um, I have, I have the equipment to do it. I have the team behind me and, um, you know, I'm getting older, getting wiser every year on the track. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to just, um, going and, and putting a good solid main event in each weekend and, um, kind of see where it, see where it puts me. Hopefully that's inside the top 10, hopefully even better than that. Um, we'll see whenever, whenever the, the time comes here, we got two and a half weeks now. What are some of the main benefits of the uh, the Moto Concepts program, whether it be uh, the guidance from Tony, the the support from Mike Genova, or uh, the host of great sponsors that you guys deal with, like uh, whether it be the uh, the Yoshimura pipes, or obviously grabbing a, a fistful of front brake that Moto stuff uh, brake system that's uh, pretty much top notch right there. Uh yeah, for sure. I mean, all of the above. Um, Tony's awesome. Mike Genova is awesome. Um, Obviously, I think everybody knows how good Tony is, and Mike Genova. I think people kind of just see as a as a rich guy that's running a team, but or throwing money at a team, I should say. But he, he's really not. You know, he's really more of um, he's got more input into the race team than than what people think. And uh, kind of, I guess Tony's the 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 technical side of the the brains behind it, but Mike Genova is kind of guiding Tony a little bit, I think, and teaching him along the way that the business side and, and, you know, other things that are really helping Tony and us, the riders. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really fortunate to be a part of it. And, um, yeah, I've been there a long time and, um, I, I really love it. And I, I think it's, it's been a good, uh, place for me to grow as a, a person and as an athlete. Um, hopefully I can continue to, uh, to, to improve my riding and my racing and, um, See where it takes me. Awesome, man. Well, uh, it's it's a it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again. I believe this is your third, second or third time on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Um, you have yourself a great rest of the uh, the holiday season. Try not to uh, try to stay away from, uh, from the turkey as much as possible, uh, because in three weeks' time, gate drops and it gets super serious in Anaheim, and I will be down there to uh, to cover the whole thing. Vince Freezy. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Don't hang up just yet. Right on. Thanks for having me on. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. 
NavigateJustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. RacersIndex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, RacersIndex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at RacersIndex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the RacersIndex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at RacersIndex.com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at racersindex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. Racersindex.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. In motocross, everyone wants one common thing. To simply enjoy the ride. Sand, clay, loam, concrete, and everything in between. Riders all want to be able to enjoy their ride. But today is arena cross. Tomorrow is Glen Helen. And Saturday, we're heading to this gnarly sand track. How can we be sure our suspension is always dialed in? For most, employing a full-time practice technician is unrealistic. And even for those who have one, setting suspension is still a chore. Get a measuring tape, scratch a mark on the fender or rear number plate, and attempt some backward math to find 105 millimeters. Does this tape even have millimeters on it? Forget that. Head to Motul co today and set your sag every time you ride with the slacker digital sag scale let's hear from johnny k spear himself on how this thing works so uh really basically you would just uh stick it on your axle with the magnet stick the clip on your side plate basically where the arc of the axle would hit the side plate and then uh pull out the retractable cable, hook it to the clip, and turn it on, and then just take the bike off the stand and and take a measurement. It's that easy. Trust tuning your suspension to Johnny K-Spear and Motul MX. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. 
Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Thanks for staying with us. Now with us on the line, we've got the number 11 of Kyle Chisholm. Kyle, how are you this Monday afternoon? I'm doing good. Well, I really appreciate you giving us some time here on the Big MX Podio Podcast to uh, pick your brain about all things dirt bikes and uh, things that uh, everyone wants to know is uh, how did this Moto Concepts ride come together? Uh, it was uh, a little bit cryptic on your Twitter a few days before the uh, the team uh, uh, the press release. In fact, some of your most closest friends in uh, in Moto Media didn't even know uh, what was yeah. going on. How did this all come together? And how did you keep it so hush hush, man? Um, us, us media guys like to know these things. <laughs> And honestly, it wasn't hard to keep it hush-hush because it literally uh, came together within just a few days um, while I was actually over in Switzerland uh, doing the Geneva Supercross over there. Um, just, it was like the, gosh, the race was like the like December 4th and 5th or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I was over there, and uh, they actually put out the press release um, of the team, uh, you know, from, from our concepts, and I just noticed that I was over there between practice and the night show, and I noticed the uh, in the press release, I was sitting there reading it, and it didn't say anything about a 250 West rider. Um, you know, that Cameron McAdoo riding the 250 East Coast, and obviously the three 450 guys. Um, and there was nothing about a West guy. And I had uh, kind of heard, you know, rumors or whatever, that they were having a West guy. So uh, when I saw that they, you know, there was nothing about it in the press release, first thing I thought was, you know, oh, you know, maybe they just haven't announced it, or they're going to announce that separately, or, you know, or something like that. But um, I, you know, I just decided to, uh, like I said, just sitting in the hotel uh, waiting for the night show stuff. I uh, text Tony and I'm like, hey, you know, I noticed, you know, there's nothing about, you know, a 250 West guy. You know, I, you know, I told him I had just got approved. Um, my 250 eligibility just got approved right before I left to go to Switzerland, you know, just a few days before. So I text Tony and I'm like, hey, you know, I noticed there's nothing about any, you know, 250 West guy. Um, you know, I got my approval to ride 250 if I want to um, just a few days ago. So, you know, if you guys are going to, have somebody if you're in, you know if you're still going to plan on having a west guy you know if you don't have somebody yet you know I'm, I'm available i'm interested i'd love to do it and uh so i shot him a text and uh he texted me right back and we kind of went back and forth a little bit right away just kind of asking kind of what my plans were and um you know make sure i didn't have any obligations already and uh so we went back and forth and he's like let me talk to you know mike genova you know the owner and uh see what he thinks and then i'll let you know and uh and i'm kind of thinking like okay, I'll talk to him. And I, so I told Tony, I'm like, okay, awesome. You know, I'll be home in a couple of days. So, you know, see what you can figure out and then I'll get home and we can talk and figure it out. And uh, that's what I expected. And then uh, about 30 or 45 minutes later, he texts me and he's like, um, Genova loves you. He said, yes. And kind of texted me kind of, you know, the gist of what the offer would be or what they could do. And I'm like, well, I was, you know, that's definitely a surprise. I wasn't expecting that so quick, but you know, obviously I was like, thank you can I think about it here for a day or two while I'm over here and, uh, and give you an answer? Cause I you know, obviously didn't, wasn't really prepared for that to happen so quick. And, uh, he's like, yeah, no worries. Um, we talked Sunday night when I got back, uh, we, everything was good. You know, we, you know, you know, agreed on everything and it, you know, sounded like a good deal for me and, uh, I was you know, definitely pumped with it. So got home Sunday night, uh, booked a flight and I was out in California Monday. And then, uh, we had the team intro on Tuesday. So literally within about three days, it all, uh, it all just, 
came together, you know, pretty quick and, and all that. So yeah, like, like I said, I was definitely excited, uh, excited with everything and pumped that it all came together. And given that fact, it's amazing they were able to put some uh, number 11s on the back of the, the, the flashy, just <laughs> the JT gear that you were sporting for the intro yep. because uh, it, it all looked pretty polished other than the fact that your uh, your 250F had, uh, had had black numbers on it rather than the uh, yep. traditional uh, white on, on, on black digits. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, switching back to the 250, uh, something that uh, obviously uh, you haven't uh, experienced for, for, for a little while yet, but uh, um, how did you get eligibility back to, to, to ride that class and, uh, and how excited are you to be back on the little bike? Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely pumped actually, you know, like, like I said, when I told Tony, I wanted to think about it for a day or two, you know, while I was over there, first thing I was thinking was, okay, I got my eligibility to ride the 250, but do I really want to do that? You know, it's been yeah. since uh, 2008 since I rode a 250 and I only, I only really rode about two. Yeah. I've only, I only raced about two seasons in the 250 class, um, you know, before I moved up to the 450, moved up pretty quick, you know, a lot quicker than most people, you know, normally would in a career. And, uh, but never was able to go back. There's a rule. If you get, you know, I never pointed out of the 250 class. Like I said, I only did two years and didn't point out either year. So I, you know, I never pointed out or anything, but the rule on a 450 is if you get top 20, then you basically can't go back for like for two years. So then like it'd be the third year you could go back to the 250. So I'm like, you know, every year, unless I've had an injury, I've been top 20, you know, in the 450 class since I moved up. And uh, so I've never had the chance to go back like I said, even though I never pointed out, which is kind of, kind of a crappy rule, you know, that there's not a lot of people in that situation, but uh, for me specifically, and there's probably a couple other guys, it just sucks, you know, that to never have pointed out, but then you can't go back just because you got top 20 in the 450 class. So um, Phil Nicoletti, actually, you know, the JGR team actually had appealed uh, for him to go back and be able to ride a 250 for them because they were wanting to, you know, they're having their 250 team starting up. And uh, Phil was a pretty similar situation to me. He, the last time we got top 20, both of us was last year, you know, 2015. And um, neither of us ever pointed out in the 250 class, but we had gotten top 20 and uh, they approved him to go back, you know, based on the fact that he never pointed out, he voluntarily moved up to the 450 class. So he should have like an exemption to be able to move down since he never pointed out, even though he got top 20. So, I basically, like I said, our situations were almost identical. So yeah. I, uh, I, you know, basically said the same thing. Um, the only thing was Phil's got approved back around Monster Cup time, uh, back in October. And I put my appeal in right when I had heard about him doing it. Actually, I, I know, uh, Jay Bone, the uh, JGR team manager pretty well. So he had actually right. told me about it, uh, right when he got the approval, um, during Monster Cup at, at the race there in Vegas. And, uh, so, Got home that next week. I put my appeal in, and uh, it just took a while. I, I'm not sure what the deal was, but um, they had to all get together and have a meeting, you know, at AMA and go over it. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know, how long could this take? You know, you guys just approved Phil, and I, I laid it out to them, like, here's his situation, here's my situation. Um, you know, they're almost literally, like I said, identical. So you you can't tell him yes and me no, you know, and other guys if they wanted to, you know, whatever. But, um, so took a, a lot longer than I, you know, was hoping. I actually, like I said, didn't get the approval until the beginning of December, probably like within the first week of December. And, uh, at that point it was, I was getting kind of frustrated because I'm like, you know, I asked back at the end of October, 
you know, it's been a month and a half and I don't have an answer and all these rides that I could potentially be trying to get are all going away, you know, one by one. So, uh, finally they said, yeah. And at that point I kind of just, you know, I, I, at that point there wasn't really any rides available, you know, to my knowledge. And I'm like, well, at least I have the option if I want to do it, if I do it on my own or whatever, or, you know, if there's an injury before the East coast starts on, you know, one of the factory 250 teams, maybe I could fill in and do that on the East coast or, you know, at least I have the option. That's all I wanted was the option to go back to the, uh, to the 250 class. So, um, like I said, that, that's how that all kind of came together. So it was a little bit of a process to get the approval, but then, like I said, while I was over there, uh, I talked to Tony and everything kind of just fell together, like I said, within a couple of days, but, um, having a good time on the 250 so far, it's, uh, definitely an adjustment you know like i said it's been since 2008 since i've rode one in supercross so it's uh, a whole different animal but i'm having a lot of fun on it and learning every day i ride it you know i've had uh about a week and a half or two weeks on it now so uh, i'm feeling really good on it though honestly it feels so light and easy to ride compared to the 450 and uh it turns super good and you know all that stuff so biggest adjustment is just the power obviously just getting my timing down on the jumps and uh you know how quick to hit everything, you know, how, what gear to be in, just kind of learning all that kind of stuff. Or I guess I should say relearning all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, no, having a lot of fun on it, and I feel really good. So looking forward to the year and, you know, kind of curious to see how I'm going to do just as much as other people are because, like I said, I don't really know what to expect and it's been so long. But, uh, like I said, I feel really good. So, I'm, you know, I'm hoping to do good and you know, I'm going to give it my best, you know, regardless of uh, what size bike I'm on. Well, there you go. And uh, anyone who's uh, had the, uh, the luxury of stepping off a 450 and uh, right into a, a, a high-powered 250, uh, you get to wring its neck a little bit, and uh, the the aggression from your riding really gets to come out. And you're a guy who is pretty calculated, but you do have an aggressive side uh, to, to your riding style, and that, I think that's what comes out most when you're riding outdoors. Um, yeah. How, how much uh, from obviously being able to really override this bike push it to its very limits is kind of kind of plays into your hands like putty in the fact that uh, you can really uh, put this bike through its paces and know that uh, when you put those those dunlops to the ground they're still going to stick yeah for sure it's just the bike turns so good it feels so light for me so like jumping and just maneuvering the bike around it feels like i'm riding you know a mini bike compared to the 450 you know what i mean it's just uh super easy to throw it around and all that and then like I said, learning that power, uh, you know, just when you get on the gas, like, you know, what's it going to do? Like, what is the power, the feel of the power? What you just got to just, you know, just seat time and time on the bike and you just learn that feeling. So, you know, when I, when I get out there and look at a jump, I'm like, you know, I kind of know in my head right there about how I'm going to have to hit it. Where when I first got on it, you know, a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I have no idea how fast to go, what gear to be in, you know, any of that stuff. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of learning experience. Yeah. You know, like I said, getting back on it. But man, the the bike is super good. You know, I, I haven't ridden a 250 in a long time. So back when I rode them, they were still carbureted and everything. So um, I'm definitely really impressed. Like I said, I don't have like I even told the team I'm like I don't really know what to compare it to because it's not like I'm coming off of another 250 onto their 250. I'm coming off of a 450. So no matter what, it's not going to feel like super fast. But the more I've rode it, I just kind of learn like I don't really struggle to jump anything for the most part. You know riding on tracks that I've ridden my 450 on previously. So I'm like, man, the thing feels really good. Like I don't struggle to jump anything. Um, and I, and I feel really good on the bike, honestly, and just throwing it in the turns. It just like, like you said, it sticks so good in the corner. It's just, 
it's so light. It, I feel like I can just go anywhere on the track. So, um, yeah, like I said, I'm curious to see I do. I know there's a lot of fast, crazy kids, you know, coming up, and the, the kids are fast, you know, every year coming up. So uh, I, I think, you know, even if I do lack maybe a little bit of the speed or aggression that some of those kids have, you know, that kind of close your eyes and hold it wide open mentality, I think my experience, yeah. you know, especially with Supercross, kind of will hopefully outweigh that side of it. But, yeah, just getting used to the 250, like the way you have to ride it, it's just – getting used to revving the thing. Like I don't really rev the bike a whole lot when I ride. So getting on the 250, it's just like, I keep asking the team, I'm like, am I revving it too much? Like, should I rev it more? And they're like, no, you're, you're running good. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. So it's uh yeah, it's just a different sound, a different feel, that aggression when you ride it. So you got to almost work a little harder because you got to be a little more aggressive with it and work the bike a little more. But then at the same time, the bike is a lot lighter and a lot easier to move around and stuff like that. So um, it's give and take. You know, the 450 has the power. You can be lazy, but it's also a lot heavier, a lot harder, like in Supercross, to turn it and point it and make it go where you want it to go, you know, on a tight track with a lot of jumps. So uh, it's give and take. And like I said, I'm learning. And so far, I'm feeling really good on it. My lap times are pretty good. And, uh, you know, right there with with people that, you know, where I should be. So, uh, yeah, just hoping to keep improving, you know, over the next few weeks before Anaheim comes and uh, just see what, see what we have when we get there and just keep working every week to get a little bit better. Absolutely. And uh, first and foremost, Kyle Chisholm, you're, you're, you're the number 11. That's what you're bringing to the 250F class here. And uh, the you've been racing with the 450 guys for a long period of time. And uh, although some would say that you may, may be lacking uh, in the, the intensity and the, the, that over-rev that these young kids have, um, there's, there's this thing called racecraft. And that's, not, that's something that gets developed over time. And it uh, gets developed after racing with these, uh, these 450 guys that have all the tricks in the world up their sleeves and you you've had a benefit of uh dealing with that um how much of a benefit is that to you knowing that uh, you can start to these younger kids they they might be fast they might be intense but you can set some of them up and you can really make something special happen on that uh, moto concepts honda yeah for sure you know the the experience thing you know it's it's hard you know for you know i remember back when i was a rookie in supercross and stuff it's just totally different to what you're what you're used to riding what you grew up riding you know everything like that it's, uh, you know, you kind of, you grow up riding motocross for the most part, you know, through your whole amateur career until you turn pro, then you turn pro and you got to ride supercross. So yeah, you know, the amateur kids hop on the supercross tracks a little early and, you know, start learning them and start riding them, you know, before they turn pro. But, you know, even for, for myself, you know, year after year, when you go to the practice track and you ride supercross and you practice supercross, it's just so, it's totally different than when you race supercross, you know, you're still riding a supercross track. You know, you're still doing the same obstacles for the most part and stuff like that. But when you race and there's 20 or 22 guys on the track with you, the way you have to pass people, the way you set the track up, though, like you said, the race craft that you have to that you have to do is just quite a bit different than it is for like riding, you know, outdoor motocross. It's uh, just something you have to learn. You have to do with experience. Uh, I think very few young guys come in with that like natural talent ability to figure it out that quick you know it just takes time and experience like like anything in life does so uh like you said i've, I've been this will be my 12th year i think as a as a pro you know something like that, 12 or 13 and uh you know like i said you, you can't teach experience you know you can only learn it as you go so uh, i definitely think that when it comes to race time you know and you get you know you get a fifth place start and you're trying to you know worry about the guy behind you and pass the guy in front of you all those kind of things that go through your head in a race situation in Supercross, 
is something that a lot like the rookie kids and even the younger kids haven't experienced that much. So I think that's, you know, I guess I'm hoping that, that, uh, that attribute of mine will come out, you know, and, and, uh, maybe, you know, benefit me a little bit more than, uh, than what the other guys have, you know, having that experience. Now, what about that teammate of yours, uh, Cameron McAdoo? We've uh, we've seen that kid um, in the amateur all stars take uh, the the top spot and uh, collect himself a, a truck uh, with some uh, some impressive starts. And obviously, he's going to be someone that you can chase around the test track. He's out in yep. uh, Clovex practice facility, but once he's in uh, in California, uh, how much of an asset is he going to be uh, on uh, on similar equipment, uh, chasing him around the track a little bit and uh, and uh, figuring out how the kids do it. Yeah, for sure. I think that'll be cool. You know, I haven't really, I don't know Cameron that well. I've obviously, I've met him a few times and got to see him ride at Monster Cup. And, uh, other than that, I honestly haven't gotten to see him ride a whole lot, like through his amateur career. You know, we're so busy, obviously, with our schedule to, you know, to be able to, it, it's tough trying to follow the, all the amateur kids coming up. You know, there's more and more every year, but yeah, obviously I knew the name. I've gotten to meet him obviously a few times now. And, uh, he seems like an awesome kid from what I, understand what i've seen he's just a, a hard worker and you know he wants to do good and put the effort out there and uh yeah like you said he's back at club mx with mike right now so uh, i haven't actually gotten to ride with him at all uh just yet but i know i believe after christmas uh here in the next week or two they're supposed to be coming out to california so it, it'll be nice to actually ride with them you know me and vince have been riding quite a bit together and i'm uh, friends with you know a few other 450 guys you know like dean wilson and kyle cunningham and a few of those guys uh, you know, Brock Tickle, been riding with some of those guys a little bit, uh, a few days here and there. And, uh, it's hard because I'm used to riding with those guys on a 450. And I'm like, I was telling them the other day, I'm like, man, I really want to ride with somebody that that's on a 250 just to like, just to, you know, just to ride with them. Like I kind of know where I stack up with those guys and how I normally ride with them. But like, I really honestly haven't ridden with that many guys on 250s, uh, just yet, you know, more of the, you know, the, the better, the top guys. So, uh, yeah, it'll be nice when Cameron gets out here to have a guy on, like you said, the, the same bike, uh, you know, and all that. And, uh, maybe see if I can learn a, a thing or two from him, you know, on his rookie side of things. And then obviously if I can help him in any way, uh, you know, before his East coast stuff, uh, starts, you know, obviously that would be, be cool. You know, I'd definitely be out there helping him and trying to, you know, teach him what I, you know, a little bit that I know that can maybe help him a little bit. For sure. Now, uh, uh, dropping down to the uh, the little bike, I, I gotta imagine you get a little bit of uh, good natured ribbing from guys like uh, Dean Wilson because, uh, uh, regardless of his situation, never uh, never short on words with that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and Dean are pretty good friends. Uh, when he's down in Florida at his place down there, we get like this whole summer we rode together quite a bit, and uh, yeah, pretty good friends with him. And yeah, it, his situation definitely sucks. You know, like so there, there's quite a few guys like that. You know, in in their situation, you know, this year, you know, Jake Weimer, uh, Dean, Malcolm Stewart, even James Stewart, obviously, um, it's tough. You know, there's a, there's a lot of good riders and there's not enough jobs for, you know, for all of them. And I think that's kind of part of the frustrating thing with the, like the, some of the rules and moving guys up and then like not letting, you know, like a guy like myself or some other guys not allowing them to be able to go back and ride a 250 because, you know, like Malcolm, for example, I'm, I'm really good friends with Malcolm too. And, you know, if he was able to, still ride uh, a 250 he would have a ride you know from according to him which i'm sure with geico you know i'm sure they would have kept him for another year and defended his championship but because he's been in the class for three years and won a championship he doesn't get a chance to defend it so he's forced to move up but then there's no job for him to go to you know there's no ride available so it's it's kind of frustrating you know i just 
you know, we don't have to get into it unless you want to, but my whole take on the whole thing is it, the 250 class and the 450 class, it, they're not what they used to be, you know, 15, 20 years ago. It's not really a stepping stone class. Guys get paid a lot of money to race that class. There's a lot of yeah. jobs available in that class. So if guys are making a living and a career racing in that class, they I don't feel like they should limit who's allowed to race that class and who's allowed to pursue jobs in that class. You know what I mean? So, you know, why are the 250 guys allowed to try to get a 450 job or a 250 job, but the 450 guys are not allowed to go out a 250? So it's, uh, right. like I said, it just limits our job ability, you know, to, to have a ride with the team and stuff like that. So, um, like I said, I think ho- hopefully, I think this is a step in the right direction with them allowing like me and Phil, and I don't even know, there might be a few other guys, uh, to, to drop back down to the 250 class. So hopefully they kind of come up with a good solution and kind of make it better for everybody. Cause I think at the end of the day, the goal should just be jobs, you know, creating more jobs for everybody. So, you know, not limiting who's allowed to, to have the jobs, you know what I mean? Or pursue the jobs. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think, I, I think they'll, they'll kind of work on it now and hopefully get some things figured out and, uh, yeah, make it a little better for everybody. But, you know, like, Dino, you know, yeah, the, the flip side of that is some of those guys might not even want to ride a 250, you know. I, I know, I don't know for a fact, but I, I don't think Dean would even want to ride a 250. I think he's kind of happy where he's at. Obviously bummed that he doesn't have a good, you know, deal lined up just yet. But he got some support. He's got a good little program going on his own, and uh, he's riding really good. So I'm sure he'll get out there for these first, you know, West Coast races and I'm sure do good. And, you know, it unfortunately, you know, hopefully no one gets hurt, but injuries are just a part of what we do. And I'm sure if he's there doing good, you know, something will open up and he'll end up with something, you know, before the year's end, you know, before the year's over. And, uh, yeah. So like I said, it's, it's a bummer. You know, some guys might not even want to go back, but I just feel like they should, uh, you know, not, not hold people back from, you know, for, from jobs, you know, like I said, if yeah, Dean wanted to go back, he should be able to, you know, <clears throat> So, but yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, I, I am a huge proponent of having, if you're going to have 80 guys in the night show, I want to see the fastest 80 guys on two wheels, period. And if that means yep. uh, letting a few guys ride in the, on a 250 F uh, to, to get that spot, then, then then that's what we should do because that's how we get the best racing. That's how we get the most talented racers on the track on a, on a Saturday night. And uh, I, I couldn't be uh, more pumped to see you, Kyle Chisholm, on the uh, MotoCon concepts honda this year in the 250f class and and who knows maybe able to uh to, to like is, is there any op- do you think there's any opportunity for you to uh, jump on a 450 uh in, in maybe a, a fill-in role with the team uh on on the, the east coast if, uh, if there happens to be an injury yeah that's kind of the plan right now actually uh um if you know hopefully none of the guys get hurt like i said but if something like that comes up uh i supposed to have the opportunity, you know, if I want to, to, to step up and ride the 450 for the East Coast stuff. And then I actually, before this whole deal came together, I was kind of putting my own program together uh, with Bracken Hall, which is his dad owned the team that I rode for this, this past year. So I was actually in the process of putting my own 450 program together, kind of teaming up with him and kind of doing our own thing. So I actually already have, um, you know, a brand new Honda 450. I haven't even ridden it yet. Um, so I was actually you know, already planning on doing that. So I'm the plan is for me, obviously 250 West Coast, and then for the East Coast, I'm going to do uh, a few of the East Coast races. Uh, we haven't decided exactly what the plan is, but I'm going to do some of the East Coast anyways. And then obviously, um, the team is willing to help me as much as they can. Obviously, they didn't budget to have 
another 450 guy, you know, come East Coast time. But uh, I already have the bikes and everything, so I asked the team, I'm like, you know, I have the bikes and I want to keep racing. So, you know, if I want to do some of the races, is that cool? And uh, they were cool with it. Uh, so I'll, I'm actually planning I'm going to be at some of the East Coast, you know, figure out which ones I decide to do. And then, uh, like you said, you know, hopefully not, but if one of the other guys get injured on the team, then I would kind of, you know, already be ready to go on the 450 anyways for the East Coast stuff. So um, kind of fill in for, for one of them maybe um, if need be. But, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully I can just go do a few of them uh, that, you know, that I want to go do. And then, uh, yeah, I think it'll keep me fresh, keep me in race mode, you know, for when I get back on the 250 for the end of the series. I think it'll be good. To, you know, I'm one of those guys that typically gets better as the year goes on, you know, get more confident, you know, getting in, getting that routine of racing every weekend. And I'm used to doing, you know, 17 races. You know, it's not like I'm a 250 guy that's never done a whole series. So, you know, I'm used to it. I think it'll help me quite a bit, actually, to hop up on the 450 for a few races. And I think it'll help me when I hop back on the 250. So uh, that's, that's actually kind of the plan. So, yeah. Fair enough. Now, uh, b- before I let you go, I want to talk a co- couple of the changes to uh, the Supercross series this year is the is the timed uh, timed races, timed main events. Uh, obviously, something that I feel is going to kind of play into your strengths as far as uh, you've been uh, you've been running twenties for as long as you can remember. All of a sudden, now it's going to be a fifteen minute plus a lap. Uh, that's a yeah. that's significantly shorter than what you like that. Uh, the, but you've been used to running, but still a little bit longer than what uh, the most of the 250F guys, uh, the rest of the 250 guys have been uh, used to running. So uh, when they get tired in that last last couple of motos, uh, last couple of laps, um, Kyle Chisholm's still coming through. Still, uh, still uh, got lots in the lots in the tank. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I've been, I've been kind of actually preparing just like I normally would for the 450. Uh, you know, for 20 laps and kind of preparing for that. I just kind of figured, you know, I don't want to change anything and you know, go less laps, you know, when I'm practicing just because I'm riding at 250 now. Obviously, we have our sprint and speed kind of work, you know, shorter motos that we do. But for the most part, my off-the-bike training and most of my on-the-bike training has been really the same as if I was on a 450 still. So uh, I, I definitely think that'll that'll help, you know. One thing that the 250 guys don't, you know, they don't, they, there's no way for them to even know. But, you know, typically – when they prep the track, you know, at the race, you know, on race day, before the 450 LCQ, um, you know, because the, the, the 450 semi one and semi two race, and then there's nothing, there's nothing in between before the 450 LCQ is. So basically, yeah. there's only a, a short intermission, and they go prep the track. They just fix up a couple spots, you know, whatever they can get to for, you know, maybe 10 minutes. And then the 450 LCQ is right back up. So they do that track prep. Then the 450 LCQ races. Well, then they pretty much immediately go into the 250 main event. So the track is pretty fresh. You know, the 450 LCQ is only, you know, about four laps um, yeah. is what they do. So they don't tear the track up too bad. So the 250 main event is typically not too bad. But then if you go, if you're ever to walk the track after or even, you know, watch some video, the 50 main event compared to the 450 main event, they do the 250 main event and the track's not too bad, but they do 15 laps, you know, on 250s and it tears the track up a little bit. But then when you get out there on 450s, the power and everything for the 450 tears the track up on Supercross quite a bit more than the 250s do. And we have to go 20 laps, you know, five more laps, you know, before. So like, and they really don't have a chance to prep the track very much, if at all, between the 250 main and the 450 main. So, the 450 guys, you know, and myself, 
are used to riding a really beat up. By the time the 450 minute event is, the track's really beat up, and you're on a big, heavy, fast bike, and the track's beat up, and you have to go and hang on to that thing for 20 laps on a on a pretty gnarly track. So I think for sure that'll be a, an advantage for me. You know, being on the 250, the track being a little smoother, um, and only being 15 laps, I think that fitness that I'm used to, that I kind of carry over from the 450, is, you know, I, I think that's only going to help me. And then with them now doing the time main events, you know, I think that's, at the worst, I think it'll still be 15 laps, you know, if the lap times are over a minute. But if they're right at a minute or under, you know, we'll actually maybe have an extra lap or an extra lap or two. And I think that'll just, you know, typically in my career, that's kind of, you know, longer motos, the outdoor motos. The longer, the better for me. I kind of, you know, kind of just keep chugging along where a lot of guys, you know, a lot of other guys might go fast for a few laps and then kind of drop the anchor and drop back. So uh, I think I, I'm definitely looking forward to that and happy, definitely happy with that change and, uh, you yeah, know, looking forward to it. Right on, man. Uh, yeah. uh, I gotta, I gotta ask how this um, Moto Concepts Honda 250F compares to uh, your uh, 2004 or 2005 leading edge Kawasaki because I know that thing was, uh, although you did twist the throttle pretty hard uh, battling with guys like Donnie McGordy, um, yeah, uh, it probably wasn't the uh, uh, most potent racing tool. Yeah, no, I mean the bike was good back then. Like I said. Back then, you know, the bikes were carbureted still and everything. So it's a, a whole different animal. And it's really, like I said, it's super hard for me to compare. Um, even like that bike back then, because I remember being it pretty good. But like, it's been so long. I've, for so many years, I've only ridden a 450. So it's yeah. like, no matter what, the bike doesn't feel super fast. You know, I don't want to say it feels slow, but it just doesn't feel super fast. You know, it's not like I'm trying to hang on to the thing. And it's ripping my arms out like a 450, you know, 450 right out of the box is fast. So it's really hard to compare it to that bike. Obviously, I would probably say, you know, back then, from what I can remember, that bike seemed pretty good. Like, it was a good bike. But honestly, if you could actually take that bike and ride it today, back-to-back with, like, my Moto Concepts, you know, Honda now, I really, I'm sure it would probably be pretty far off, especially just with the fuel injection alone. Um, you know, that that makes a huge difference. So, uh, but the biggest way I've been able to compare, like I said, is riding out here in California, like at Milestone at Lake Elsinore on their Supercross tracks. I rode my 450 out here just about, you know, a month and a half or a month ago, uh, when I was out here for Monster Cup on my 450. So the tracks are pretty much, they're pretty much the same as when I rode. And so I just kind of remember that feel of how I had to jump stuff, you know, how hard the jumps were to clear you know, my 450 and just riding it on the track. And then now riding the 250 on the, on the, basically the same tracks. Um, man, I, I, like I said, I just, I don't struggle to jump anything. I clear everything pretty easily. If not, you know, just as easy as my 450. Um, it's a little less on power, obviously, but man, the bike sure feels super good. Uh, so far it feels fast. Um, and like I said, the team's track record and like with Cameron ripping those whole shots at monster cops and winning the truck, you know, the, the, I, the engine guy there, XPR that does our engines, uh, it, like I said, from what I've been on it the last couple of weeks, feels really good. And I think their track record kind of speaks for itself in terms of, you know, they rip good starts on the 250s, on the 450s. And, you know, going against factory bikes, that's a big thing, you know, to, to be able to rip those starts against the factory guys. So uh, I, I definitely think the engine's not going to be, you know, any disadvantage for me this year uh, compared to the factory guys. So I think that, you know, definitely – 
definitely uh, impressed with the bike so far. Awesome, man. Well, we really appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, if, if you could throw down some uh, some thank yous before I let you go. Uh, otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll we'll let you get on with the rest of your evening. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, I want to thank, uh, you know, Mike Genova and Tony Alessa, you know, obviously for kind of, uh, like I said, they weren't really, for the most part, planning on having, you know, this whole spot. So for them kind of making this spot on the team for me and, and uh, putting this together, I'm definitely happy about. And I definitely want to thank them. I'm thankful for the opportunity. And, uh, and, and obviously Honda, uh, this will be my second year now on Hondas and, uh, getting to work with them a little bit more and them being involved with the team and supporting the team is an awesome thing for the team and myself, obviously. So, uh, big thanks to them and their support, you know, the team and myself and, uh, pumped to still be on Hondas and, uh, yeah, all the team sponsors for sure. You know, everyone that supports the team, I know the team's still working on kind of finalizing everything, but, uh, all the team, uh, supporters and team sponsors. And then, uh, my personal sponsors, uh, CD boots, HJC helmets, uh, X-Men goggles, uh, Atlas neck brace. Um, what else am I forgetting? I think that's it. You know what I say? CD, HJC, X-Men, Atlas. Uh, yeah, all, like I said, all my supporters, uh, my buddy, Ricky Fowler, uh, you know, golfer, I get, get buddies with him. He's helped me these uh, last couple of years when I needed some help. And, uh, yeah, my mom and dad, my wife, uh, you know, my, my brother, my, my family. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a team effort, you know, no matter what we do. Absolutely. Now I, I, I totally forgot to ask, uh, how, how is it, uh, preparing for a supercross season with a little one in tow? Uh, because, uh, Nate, yeah. you're riding with some serious purpose, man. You got a little one to feed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta, gotta get diapers and get food on the table for sure. I uh, know. Yeah. My daughter is uh, a little over nine months, about nine and a half months now. So, uh, yeah, she's awesome, man. She's a handful for sure. She definitely has her mom's personality already. It's crazy how little she is and how much personality, how much uh, personality that she already has. And, uh, she's definitely a wild child and, uh, she's definitely, uh, wants to be independent and do her thing. And she already trying to walk and, you know, get, crawl around and, you know, just wants to go, go, go. And, uh, but it's awesome, man. There's nothing better. You know, obviously it's the first time of being a dad, our first, uh, first child. And, uh, man, she's definitely, it's a lot of work. You know, you definitely, you know, can't deny that. But it's totally worth it, man, just to see her smile and see her happy and come home to her and, and all that every day, you know, and see her smile when you get home and sad if you leave, you know, stuff like that is, uh, it's awesome, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So, uh, it's, it's been awesome. And, uh, she didn't get to go to too many races last year, uh, being so little, you know, like during the outdoors. But uh, I think, you know, my wife and her will get to come to, you know, quite a bit more races this year, especially on the West Coast when we're out here starting. And, uh, yeah, definitely pumped and, Man, I want to get up there on the podium and bring her up there with me. So we'll see if we can make it happen this year. Right on, man. Well, uh, really appreciate you giving us some, some time. Don't hang up just yet for the podcast sake. Yeah. We'll cut it off right there. No worries. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. 
As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did, and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, still on the line with Cameron McAdoo. Uh, Cameron, Welcome to the welcome to the show, man. It's your first appearance. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome being on. Absolutely, your your first of many. I assume uh, you are a uh, a rookie motocross professional, just uh, dipping your toe into the professional ranks. Uh, you, you you do already have you've already won a truck as as part of uh, your your career. So uh, let let's start off with that. Um, you got you rolled into to Vegas about uh, two months ago, and uh, your starts were apparently on point. Tell us a little bit about uh, going to Vegas and uh, this brand new team you're on. Yeah, Vegas was awesome. Uh... I've been with the team since uh, spring of this year, and they, you know, helped me with the last year of my amateur racing, and then uh, went to Vegas with them, and um, yeah, obviously Monster Cup turned out really well for us. They, you know, obviously put me on a really good bike and gave me all the tools I needed to do what I needed to do to um, get both starts and get the win, so it was great. 
Absolutely. You were, you were flying, man. I could not believe it. Looking really good on that bike and, uh, looked like that thing got some serious jam. Um, how, how close is the, the bike that you were riding in Vegas, uh, to, uh, A, what you're riding now at Clomex practice facility and, uh, and B, uh, what, what you anticipate racing at not only the, uh, the RC road to Supercross, but, uh, eventually in some Supercross rounds out there on the East. Yeah, it's very close. I've been um, actually riding that bike at Club MX as my practice bike now, and um, it sounds like we got a little bit more coming for East Coast and should have great bikes like always. Awesome, man. Well, a big change for you. You changed colors uh, kind of midway through 2016. Uh, how do, what, what are the biggest differences going from the Kawasaki to the Honda? And uh, obviously, now that you've been on it for, for quite some time, you must feel like kind of a, a duck uh, duck in water. Yeah, um, I, I think it was a great change. You know, obviously, Kawasaki's are great bikes as well, but um, I think the Honda fit me a little bit better, and um, the team definitely knows what they're doing with the Hondas a lot, and they're very familiar with it, so they we didn't have to do a whole lot of t- testing and stuff just to get the bike good. It was like it was already pretty good, and then so I, we still have some stuff to tweak, and I think it's going to be perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, let's get a little bit of background story here on for, for those who might not be all up on all things Cameron McAdoo. Uh, how old are you, my friend? Where are you ha- hail from? And uh, what, what's your background in, in, as an amateur scene as far as uh, some, some accolades and uh, some of the support that you've had in the past? Uh, yeah, I'm 19 years old. I'm from Sioux City, Iowa. Um, I've been racing since I was four. Um, never really took it that serious. I raced some national stuff when I was younger and you know, I was a mid-pack guy, and then when I was 16, my parents decided to let me move down south to Club MX and, like, actually, you know, try and do it for a career, and that's kind of where it all kicked off, and um, so I've been down there for coming up on three years now, and, you know, it's just everything's been uphill since. Fair enough. So when did things uh, officially start to click for you as far as uh, really getting on that speed and uh, and putting all the pieces together? Was was going down to Club MX kind of that the, the last piece of the puzzle to be around those fast guys in that environment all the time and really putting down those lap times? Yeah, I definitely think it was. It was exactly what I needed. And, uh, you know, it, nothing happens overnight. And it, it took a while. So, I mean, I think it took at least two years of really, really hard training and and it's a lot of work, but if you're willing to put the work in, it, it pays off. So, Fair enough. Well, like you just said, you, you, you'd start a, started down there when you were 16 years old. You didn't really start, uh, I would say, uh, riding full-time with Moto Concepts until you were 18 years old. So, yeah, two full years of, uh, of blood, sweat, and tears when it comes to uh, developing that speed. And uh, how, how did uh, you kind of get discovered, so to speak, as far as uh, riding down there? Because, uh, um, like, who, who spotted you and how quickly after that were you uh, brought into the fold and uh, twisting the throttle on a, on a white machine? Uh, you know, actually Mike Alessi came down and started training at club and, um, I was riding with him a lot. And, uh, from what I hear, he contacted Tony and said, Hey, there's this kid down here at club who's, you know, who goes fast and I think you should come down and check him out. And, you know, I talked to Tony and, uh, he was like, Hey, how about we do something for Daytona? And I wasn't getting any support at that time. You know, I was buying everything. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm, you know, all for that. And, we kind of just kicked off from there and built a really good relationship with Tony and Mike Genova, the team owner, and they've just treated me amazingly ever since. 
For sure, like, uh, I think you could probably speak to uh, to the point where when you when you become involved with uh, with Moto Concepts, especially the Alessis, when uh, when they really get excited about something, when they get when they seem to uh, really like what's going on, things happen rather quickly. I just talked to. Uh, uh, Kyle Chisholm, uh, just days ago, and or just yesterday, and uh, he informed me that uh, within minutes of uh, of even inquiring about a position on the team, uh, it was as if he was uh, uh, in with both feet, and uh, and the wheels were already in motion. Do you feel like that's kind of a, a kind of a theme with uh, with Moto Concepts is that they don't really wait for things to uh, to like to kind of get stagnant or uh, to kind of uh, just bounce ideas around? Uh, they have a plan, they have support, and they make things happen. Yeah, definitely. You know, if, if they say something, they mean it. And um, if anything comes to Tony's mind or or Genova, I, they don't mess around for sure. They they get everything done as, as quickly as possible. And yeah, I mean, I was signed with them about a week and a half after Spring Nationals was over. And, you know, I just had first met Genova at Spring Nationals. So it did all happen rather quickly. And I couldn't be happier with how everything's going with them right now. So what were your first impressions of a guy like uh, Mike Genova? Obviously a very successful man in, uh, in, the, in the business world, but also uh, um, clawing away at getting success as, uh, as, a, as an owner of a, of a Supercross team and a motocross team, uh, a guy who uh, wanted to, to support you and support a lot of racers. Uh, what, what are your, uh, your first impressions of him and getting to know him a little bit? Yeah, my first impression, it was great. It, you know, you can just tell, like, he actually cares, and that's, that's what's so awesome about working with him is it's not like he just got you for to get results or for this and that, you know, for as a rider. And, and he does have that as well, but he actually cares about you personally, and, and that's awesome to be able to have someone who you know that they actually care about your, your own well-being too. So he's an awesome guy. That's awesome to hear. So uh where do you uh, kind of uh, cultivate the majority of your your skills and practice from? Like, uh, what do you work on as as some of your your weaknesses? You become become strength, and uh, of course, uh, doing starts on a weekly basis with a guy like Mike Alessi might uh, uh, kind of set you up for being a bit of a whole shot artist, as we've seen uh, you've already proved yourself to be. Yeah, I I think everything. You know, I there's everything you can always work on something, and I don't think you're ever perfect at anything. So just you know listen to all the people that I got around me and all the people that have been helping me in the past few years and just keep clicking away at all the small details so fair enough and obviously this year you've also got a teammate to look up to a fellow uh, Iowa native of uh, in Justin Brayton uh did you look up to him at all growing up or was he uh, already long gone uh, racing pro by the time you were uh, all that cognitive of what's going on around you yeah, um, I think I was on like 50s when he was just kind of leaving the whole amateur slash Iowa scene, and um, I've obviously always known him and stuff, and then ever since I got back down the club, and I, I did get to know him a lot better, and and I've, you know, he's, I've looked up to him a lot, and I still do. He's He's an awesome mentor. He helps me out with all kinds of things, and has even before he got with Moto Concepts and on the same team, but, and it was just a bonus to have him. He's you know, he knows so much and, and he's willing to help. So it's great to have him around. Right on, buddy. And uh, so uh, what's it like to grab a, a fresh 250F that uh, just got built by the by the team and ride a brand new, freshly built uh, Supercross track? Uh, kind of no big deal, just the Honda track. Uh, only a few, uh, few days stepping into a, a professional career. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any better feeling than that. I mean, it really can't get much better than that, you know? Totally. Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, you weren't, uh, so to speak, a, guy, a kid like uh, Ryder DeFrancesco or uh, or uh, Eli, Eli Tomac coming up where uh, it was basically from from 65s, it was the heir apparent that you were going to end up uh, on, on one of these big teams. Uh, like you said, two two years ago, you were just, uh, like, I wanted to just take this thing serious for, uh, for for a while. And now, all of a sudden, you found yourself at the at the head of, uh, in front of uh, your amateur all-stars, which any all-star game uh, that has a star in it is, uh, is, is is noteworthy in and of itself, but uh, you're 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 backed by Team Honda as well as uh, the Moto Concepts uh, Racing Team, which is extreme. Like they they've been slowly building, building, building over. Uh, it's got to be feel like almost seven or eight years now. Um, it's 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 got to be a bit of a surreal feeling for you, and uh, you got to pinch yourself every once in a while. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. You know, I it's it all happened really fast as well. It, it was like it was all the same forever, and then. You know, all the everything just started paying off, and you just can't. You got to just take it for what it is, you know, and take it step by step, and and enjoy it while it, while I have it. So, what has been your the biggest benefit of, of uh, becoming part of the Moto Concepts Racing Team uh, and family? Is it uh, is it doing motos with Mike? Is it the support of uh, of the team and its sponsors, or is it uh, the organization of Tony, or kind of a mixture of all three? You know, I'd have to say it's just a mixture of everything. It's I just am in a good place with them, and I got everyone surrounding me that is they're all willing to do anything they can to get the best result and better you and the better the team as well. So everyone works so hard there, and and Tony, you know, he he'll do anything for a little bit faster, you know, a little bit better here or there, and it's great having him and my mechanic and. And Mike and Justin and just everyone, it's great. For sure. Um, now we saw on Instagram there's some videos who that that leaked of you guys doing starts pre uh, pre pre Monster Cup. Uh, how much how how blown away were you the fact that uh, that Tony puts together basically a replica start for a one off event like that? You know, I actually wasn't very surprised just because <laughs> knowing Tony. I, I could imagine I was when I was going down to California before Monster Cup I knew I was like you know I bet you anything Tony has something set up and you know because obviously no one's ever done a star like that it was straight down a hill on the expanded metal and everything and sure enough we get there and he's like hey the last couple of days before we head out for Monster Cup we're gonna do some starts out in the desert I got a hill set up and I got this many feet of this metal and he had it all set up so it was awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, it, it seemed to uh, definitely play in your favor. As uh, uh, you didn't end up like Mitchell Falk going uh, ass over tea kettle. Instead, you were uh, flying, styling, and profiling. You, you got yourself a brand new truck. Did you get to pick this thing out and kind of pick some some features on it, or uh, or was it a plain Jane roll up your own windows uh, Toyota? No, no, I actually did get to pick it out and uh, do some little upgrades here and there that I wanted and pay the difference on it. So yeah, I got to. I got to pick what I wanted, and so I actually just got it last week, so I'm pretty pumped on it. No doubt. Well, uh, you'd be uh, kind of the uh, um, turning heads big time at rolling into uh, Club MX like that. Um, obviously, before you, uh, you I guess, is it, the, the new era of Supercross, you got to go to Arena Cross to uh, kind of uh, see if you're worth your salt. Um, what events, uh, as far as uh, Arena Cross, have you have you got to circle on the calendar of which ones you're going to hit? And uh, what do you expect when you get there? Because uh, that's tight confines, and uh, sometimes those guys don't take too kindly to uh, these Supercross kids jumping in. Yeah, um, 
you're going to see me at the first round in Ohio and then should be in Baltimore. And those are the, what I plan on doing. And, uh, you know, I just, I want to go in there, have fun, learn some stuff. And yeah, those guys are definitely fast and, and experienced as well. So I think if I go in there and learn and just do well and get my points and get out of there, that'd be awesome. Well, you heard it here first. Cameron McAdoo is going to a hometown arena cross for the very first for his very first full-on professional event, and uh, you just said right there, man, you probably open on winning the damn thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing less. Absolute, man. Well, uh, you seem like you seem like you got a good head on your shoulders. Looks like you got all your ducks in a row. What uh, What do you need on race day or uh, from your motorcycle to feel comfortable on it? Whether it's bike setup uh, throughout the day, whether you're eating or uh, exercise, what does uh, Cameron McAdoo need to feel comfortable on the motorcycle? You know, I think just do everything exactly how I do it during the training days and how I know how to do it, and just have confidence and and. Just go have fun riding my dirt bike. I think that's the most important part. And when I'm having fun, is definitely when I ride the very best. So, well, I can definitely tell that you've you've been having fun as of late. That uh, that goofy smile has been plastered across your face, uh, pretty much nonstop ever since uh, gra- getting on board with uh, with Moto Concepts. And uh, you're getting pretty good at these, uh, these 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 radio interview things. Heard you on Pulp a few weeks ago, and then uh, obviously your podium interviews are on point, my friend. This was great practice for you once again. I know you got a lot of great sponsors. Throw those down for us, and then we'll let you get off to the next show that you're uh, that's going to call you up in about 10.15. All right, yeah. Um, definitely the whole Moto Concepts racing team. Uh, Tony, Mike Genova, um, all the guys down at Race Tech, JT Racing, 60 Helmets, Dunlop, um, XPR Motorsports, Alpine Stars, um, Moto Stuff, and anyone else I think, and anyone else I forgot. Thanks so much. Absolutely, well, you, you're you're a great interview, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, cut it off right there. All right. When it's time to turn heads. Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes, street bikes, or bicycles, nobody does it better than Spokeskins. Mix and match your spokes, or go with the same color all the way around. Either way, Spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike. Uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum, Spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look without the custom price tag. If you're looking to set your bike apart from the rest of the herd, turn some heads and be able to change your bike's look on the fly, head to spokeskins.net. They don't just have spokeskins on their website. They've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off-Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to spokeskins.net today, place your order, and get set up to turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered. Racersindex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, Racersindex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at Racersindex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the Racersindex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at Racersindex.com. 
Index.com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at RacersIndex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, RacersIndex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. RacersIndex.com. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off on the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. So, Michael Essie. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Not bad, not bad, not uh How's it going, man? Everything's sound good? That's, yeah, everything's great, man. Uh, long time no see. I haven't seen you since Regina. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great for me. Absolutely. Well, uh, um, glad to have you on the show. We're not re- we're not recording just yet, but uh, I really appreciate you giving me some time. Uh, before we uh, get into the interview, could you give me a, uh, hey, this is Michael Lessie with the Moto Concepts uh, Racing Honda team. You are listening to Big MX Radio. Big MX Radio. Big MX Radio. Step one. Right now. Hey, this is Mike Alessia of the Motocips Honda team. You're listening to Big MX Radio. Perfect. That was awesome, man. Let's, uh, I've already pre-recorded my intro, so uh, we'll just roll into this real quick. I'll take about 25 minutes. Sound good? Yeah, it's fine. Perfect. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast show on the line with uh, Moto Concepts star racer. Goes by the name of Michael Lessie, the 800. How's it going, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Hey, not doing too bad up here in the frozen tundra of Canada. But you know what? About two two weeks from now, I'm going to be driving down to California for a seven week stay. I'm pretty excited about it. Well, they should be getting out of that Canada air. We're cold right now. I come down to the sunny state of California. Yes, sir, of which you know quite a bit about, and uh, you yourself are getting ready to, uh, to head west as well to, uh, to, to, for the last couple, last couple weeks as you prepare for Anaheim 1, the first round of Monster Energy Supercross. You have got to be excited. Uh, I believe this is your seventh season, eighth season, as a, a full-time four, 450 rider. Yeah, it's been a lot of years. Uh, my 13th year coming up being professional. Uh, it's been a long career for sure. I've had a great time, and... You know, learned a lot over the years and experienced a lot and definitely enjoyed it. Absolutely. Now, this this being your seventh year uh, with Moto Concepts, what what changes about uh, your preparation or is it uh, somewhat set in stone as far as what you need to do to make sure that you're fully ready for once gate drops in Anaheim uh, on the 7th of January? Well, it, it's in the 13 years that I've been racing professional, I've come to learn that you have to be smart with your training. You have to set a goal and, and not overdo it with your training because if you come into the season overtrained, you're going to get too early, and that's not what you want. So you got to come into the season prepared, ready to go, do the, do the foundation, the work during the off season. Come into the season ready to go, but don't peak. And because it's a long series, 17 races, it's a, it's, a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So you got to prepare yourself mentally and physically for a long season and get out the state. 100% healthy, and I feel like I've been able to win those, those uh, attributes throughout my career and be smart with my racing, my practicing, and my training during the week to uh, 
keep me at a high level and where I need to be throughout the season. Fair enough. Can you remember back to a particular year where you did feel uh, overtrained and uh, and kind of burnt out rolling into a season? Uh, what's that like to try and uh, battle through, given the fact that uh, you can't just say, hey, uh, to your team manager, I'm tired, I can't do this. Uh, you still got to do your motos. You still got to qualify well. Uh, what's that like? You know, honestly, it's, there's been a point where you come into the season where you kind of feel, oh, man, I think I've pushed too much this offseason and kind of kind of season a little bit burnt out where like over the years I've learned that you got to do a work during the week but not overdo it because you got to come into the weekend fresh because every single weekend is a new weekend and you're racing the same the tracks are always different the city and the climate that your conditions that you're racing are always going to be different you go from west coast California maybe sunny and then the next week you're heading to Dallas then to Minneapolis where it could be freezing cold and snowing so you got to prepare for all these different uh, uh, temperature changes throughout the season. And then when you go back down to like Daytona, going back to like 85, almost 93 temperatures for that race possible. Then the very next week you're going to Toronto where it could be such zero temperatures possibly, you know. Uh, so you just got to be smart with training and, uh, you know, prepare the best you can and, and be smart. Fair enough. So uh, um, you yourself, in the past, we've seen you be uh, somewhat active during the uh, the offseason as far as offseason races over in Europe and, and, and elsewhere. Uh, in recent history, we've seen uh, less of that, seen you uh, really kind of uh, hunker down, zone in on one particular practice facility where you, you start to put down some serious laps and uh, um, and just and focus on preparing. Um, is that part of the game plan now is to completely just submerse yourself, get ready for Supercross? And you're doing that at Club MX practice facility. Yeah, I've been down at club. It's been pretty good. I really enjoy it. Um, as far as the off-season races, you know, I haven't really been offered to do any of the off-season races uh, in the last couple of years. So I just have been doing and staying busy and working hard. So as far as uh, you're working hard on the bike, obviously uh, this, this year they've gone uh, with uh, – timed motos rather than uh than just 20 lappers um where does that kind of fall for you as far as uh how you feel about that and does you feel like that's going to be one of the strengths for you as uh fitness has never been an issue for you i don't know it's hard to say you know it's gonna be 20 plus one now for the main events and it's gonna be interesting i really don't know how it's gonna pan out well uh hopefully uh those 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 great starts will keep you uh, i hope you start up front and you can stay there um is that something you've tried to uh, pass on to uh, Cameron McAdoo because uh, you guys are practicing at the same spot? The kid ripped off a few hole shots at, at the most recent uh, Monster Energy Cup. Uh, do you think you're rubbing off on the, on the little guy a little bit? It's possible, but at the end of the day, he's a smart kid. He's uh, fast and experienced. He's learning every day at, when he's riding with uh, you know us at club. And uh, you know, I expect to have a very good uh, East Coast uh championship series and he's got to get through the road to ring Carmichael through the arena cross get his points to be eligible for supercross so he's got to get that done uh next month in january and then uh be ready to go uh middle february in minneapolis minnesota for the first east coast race so be good he's uh he's a good kid and uh, i would expect big things from him 
What do you remember about uh, being immersed Supercross for the first time as as a uh, as a big bike rider uh, maneuvering? And, and obviously, the tracks have changed uh, a little bit since uh, since you started uh, racing uh, thirteen years ago. But um, like, what do you remember about those early days on Supercross? And how can you kind of uh, can you use any of those things to uh, to give advice to Cameron as he uh, dips his toes or jumps in both feet in indoor racing? Yeah, my first Supercross was 2006, Anaheim, and uh, I remember I was so nervous. I, I had arm pump gnarly, and, uh, you know, just seeing that many people in the stands, 50,000, 60,000 people, it's just, it's nerve-wracking. It's something hard, you know, to overcome a 16-year-old kid that you're like, wow, this is this is real now, and, uh, you know, it's time to it's time to get this done, and, you know, we're in the big leagues now. It's, it's, it's not amateur stuff no more. It's, it's for real, and you know, you're getting paid, you know, financially, you know, a lot to be uh, the championship kind of guy or top three kind of guy. And it's, uh, it's a lot of pressure, not just on yourself, but from the team. And, you know, that family that's like, they're all pushing for you and want you to do the best you can. And it's tough because, you know, you have to ride at such a high level and, and perform in front of so many people and, and not just the, the team itself, but you're racing against, other good great guys that are on the gate that are trying to win the race just as bad as, as you do and uh at the end of the day you kind of get caught up in all that and you just got to kind of just do your own thing go to the race and just what you got to do and know that you've done the work and during the week and off season you prepared the best you can and the foundation of the work has been done so it's time to just go race no, when it time is time to go race, uh, you're often found with uh, with headphones in, getting in the zone on race day. Um, wh- where does that kind of fall into your mental preparation, and uh, what the heck are you listening to under those headphones, brother? Well, I used to listen to music before the race, but I really don't don't do that too much anymore. Fair enough. But, uh, um, like, of your pre-race, do you have much of a pre-race ritual? Do you have any type of, uh, I wouldn't say uh, superstition, so to speak, but uh, things that you need to kind of check off of a list to uh, to get ready to so that you know you're, you're 100% ready to go? No, I don't got no superstitions. I mean, that's overrated, honestly. It's just put your gear on, put your helmet on, and just go do your job. That's all I can do at the end of the day. You don't need to work about the superstitious and putting your left knee brace on first or your right boot on first. It's like, dude, just put your gear on, put your helmet on, go and go do your job. That's, that's at the end of it. It's the thing I worry about. Fair enough. So uh, you, you yourself have seen uh, Moto Concepts racing evolve uh, dramatically, especially just in the last two or three years, but uh, predominantly over the last seven, uh, coming from, it was originally a Yamaha team, then moving over to, uh, like, they've had a couple of different manufacturers, and uh, and you, you've been uh, pretty much a constant racing for the team, and doing quite well, I might add. Um like, how have you seen this this team evolve, and uh, how happy are you to see it uh, at the Honda track just uh, just shy of three weeks ago? Uh, doing the uh, doing the, an intro at the Honda track, beautiful uh, bikes, beautiful track, and uh, what, what's it like trying to uh, maneuver through a, a brand new Supercross track on a bike that you probably don't have too much time on? Yeah, since I've been on Moto Concepts, it was the end of 2011. I've been with them since 2012, and I've seen the team evolve so much from the, the team itself, from the personnel to the bikes to the parts, um, the atmosphere of the team. It's just it's so much better. Um, we have that factory Honda support for uh, 2017 is a huge part. 
of making our team established, I can say in a word, and having Justin Brayton up for a very professional racer, um, a great guy, uh, awesome teammate to have. And uh, the, the team next year is probably going to be the most best team that we've had um, in the six years I've been riding for this team. So uh, it should be interesting. I look forward to good things. Uh, myself, Vince Freeze, and, uh, and just right now the 450, and then we got Collegeism on the uh, on the West Coast. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good season. It's going to be a long season, um, but it should be fun. Well, it'll be a full truck for you guys, um, and uh, you guys are looking really good coming into the year. Uh, what what are some of the things that you still work on on a daily basis or a weekly basis that uh, are your particular uh, like weaknesses, both riding and preparation wise, uh, that you try to eliminate uh, in your preparation and uh, like things you still have to get better at? Well, when we're riding at club, you know, every day is different with Brandon, the way he has our structured our riding. Some days are intensity. Some days we're working corners. Some days we're working longer motos. I mean, it just, it kind of varies. It's just different. But the biggest thing that I say I always try to work on is mistakes, making sure um, I can perfect little mistakes that I make. And if I do make that, I can rebound by the next corner or the next jump and just get right back in the groove of uh, pounding out my laps and, uh, limiting those mistakes because in Supercross those are what uh, those are what slow you down the most. So we've seen a lot of guys uh, go to various different uh, practice facilities to get their work done. What's so what's uh, the the secret potion that uh, that they've got at um, at Club MX that uh, makes that place so special? Because uh, I I see at least as far as your your outdoor uh, results and I- indoors as well, you've become more successful successful and consistent over the last three years. And uh, one of the most consistent things you've been doing is heading back to uh, to club over those years. Well, it's got a good structured program there. You know, everything's set in time and a certain schedule, the way that we do it. And it's very uh, professional and run, run perfect. And, and everybody works together as a family, as a unit. So it that makes it a good training that atmosphere. So we're enjoying it. It's not like it's just, okay, this is go there and we're, we're actually having fun doing it. Sure. So, uh, um, obviously moving into this particular season, when, when do you head, uh, when do you head West for the, for the holiday season? And obviously, uh, right after that, uh, right after, right after, uh, New Year's, uh, it's, it's one week from, from a one. Yeah, I'll be heading back to California, um, the Sunday, Monday, uh, before Anaheim one. So I think it's like New Year's day or something. So I still got a, another week or so in Florida and uh, hanging out here. Then I'll head back up and do some final training and get uh, get final there, and then head to California over New Year's weekend. Do you have all your Christmas shopping done so far? Uh, Christmas. That's kind of another story. Just been so busy. I've just been focused on just training and riding. I come down to Florida to see family and. Uh, we're going to have a nice little Christmas here and enjoy it. Fair enough, man. Well, uh, um, it's, it seems like it's all falling into place for you. The, you're on, you're on the, the CRF 450 for the, for the second year in a row. Uh, how, how much, what of benefit is it to you to be basically on the, uh, the exact same race bike you were on last year? Because uh, I was talking about that with Vince Freeze yesterday. He feels like it's a huge benefit knowing that uh, rolling into Anaheim 1, you're not battling setup. Although you can still make the bike better, what you guys had at the very end of last year was something pretty special. Yeah, I feel like exactly like you just said, coming into the season, we got a good 
bait and last year as far as the bike setup, you know, the motor, the, and the whole chassis, the package is just turnkey right now. I feel like it's ready to go. Um, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm super, super happy with it right now. And I have a complaint. So this season, I don't have any chances I need to make and I can just go to Anaheim and just focus on racing and get the season started. So uh, where, where does uh, um, where does the fun factor come in for you, Mike? Uh, obviously, uh, you've been racing professionally motocross for a long period of time, and in a lot of ways, I, I often think of being a professional motocross racer as one of the funnest jobs that you can have uh, in, in uh, on the globe. Because I love to race so much, and uh, there's a lot of people who are enthusiasts of it who uh, who race themselves, and, and they absolutely adore it. Uh, where does the fun factor come in for uh, as as you prep you? prepare for this stuff you're at the races um how much fun is being a professional racer my friend well it's a lot of fun you know like i said earlier you get to travel the world and different states and cities you know it's awesome that we get to travel and do a job career and make money at it. it's awesome and at the end of the day just having fun and for me back to florida just being home just relaxing that's that's what i love the most and that for me i, I enjoy that Right on, man. Well, uh, you've uh, you've you've clearly got uh, uh, some 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 big goals ahead of you. What are some? You'd mentioned earlier that you have to set some goals to to achieve them. What are some of your goals for 2017 as uh, as you move forward with more concepts here? Well, as far as goals, I mean, everybody wants to do the best they can, and you know, have fun doing it and enjoy it. For me, you know, I just want to have a good season and just try to do the best that I can week in and week out, and just try to. Try to get better every week. That's it. Fair enough, man. We'll get better every single week. We do wish that uh, you, uh, you you set set some serious goals and achieve all of those in 2017, Mike. I know you got a, lo- a ton of great sponsors and supporters with uh, Moto Concepts. Give those guys some love for us, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. Yeah, I want to thank the Smart Top Moto Concepts uh, Honda Racing Team for supporting uh, not just myself but all the other riders, Justin Brayton, Justin Street. Cameron McAdoo and, uh, and uh, Chisholm. So thanks to Genova for supporting us and uh, putting together such a great team. This, and I uh, I really appreciate him. You know, I'm uh, very thankful for everything he's done for us. So thank you. Awesome, man. Well, uh, always a great interview. Uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we'll cut it off right there. Okay, sounds good. I'll see you at Anaheim 1. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live-what-you-love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. Love. 
Racersindex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, Racersindex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at Racersindex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the Racersindex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at Racersindex.com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at Racersindex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, Racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. Racersindex.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Epic's a racing man. But more than box, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bowl. Amigos with bran. Fat bowl. Amigos with bran. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Ooh, that tastes what a delicious treat. Cereal bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. In motocross, everyone wants one common thing. Simply enjoy the ride. Sand, clay, loam, concrete, and everything in between. Riders all want to be able to enjoy their ride. But today is arena cross. Tomorrow's Glen Helen, and Saturday, we're heading to this gnarly sand track. How can we be sure our suspension is always dialed in? For most, employing a full-time practice technician is unrealistic, and even for those who have one, setting suspension is still a chore. Get a measuring tape, scratch a mark on the fender or rear number plate, and attempt some backward math to find 105 millimeters. Does this tape even have millimeters on it? Forget that. Head to motool.co today and set your sag every time you ride with the Slacker Digital Sag Scale. Let's hear from Johnny K. Spear himself and how this thing works. So uh, really basically you would just uh, stick it on your axle with the magnet, stick the clip on your side plate basically where the arc of the axle would hit the side plate and then uh pull out the retractable cable, hook it to the clip, and turn it on, and then just take the bike off the stand and, and take a measurement. It's that easy. Trust tuning your suspension to Johnny Casebeer and Motul MX. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Cade Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, and now it's talking to the uh, the man that pulls all the strings over at Moto Concepts Racing. 
Tony Alessi, welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. You are on for, I believe this is your fourth time. I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me on. We appreciate you making us some time for us, especially in this busy time of year. Uh, all the bullets are flying as we approach uh, Anaheim 1, and uh, even you told me yesterday uh, you're super busy. Uh, what's it like pu- putting this team together uh, as uh, the 2017 quickly approaches? Well, over the past few years, I've only had a two-rider team, you know, and it's both on the same bike, so it's been it's been relatively easy to do. Um, obviously, this year I've got more than double the number of riders and mechanics and staff and it's uh it's busy you know it's uh it's uh like having five michael essies around you know nice. so it's uh it's not an easy it's not an easy job at the moment but uh everything is coming together well material is flowing um we have the 17 up and running pretty good now and uh so i'm happy with the progress that we're making um, obviously we have Honda support for this coming season, which is, you know, we're super grateful to have that and it makes a big difference. And so, uh, we're excited about that as well. Um, and, and then, like you said, um, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. More and more people are wanting to get involved with our team. Um, we just signed on Maxima oils. And, nice. uh, so I think things are coming together real well. Absolutely, uh, bringing uh, bringing more great people together. Even uh, even more people want to be a part of that, and it seems like uh, things are, are really clicking that way for you. Uh, and like you said, yeah, uh, going from a a two rider team to uh, maxing uh, out to five, and including uh, you guys also have kind of an amateur uh, program as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about the the, uh, the the immersion of that, and and how you guys were able to build a relationship with Cameron McAdoo and uh, and bring him in as uh, the 250 entity of the team. Right. Um, so Cameron McAdoo is kind of an unknown kind of entity over the last couple of years. He's an older kid. He just turned 19 on uh, 16th of December. So he's okay. he's an older kid in the obviously coming up through amateurs. And, and I think he got overlooked by a lot of the factory and factory, you know, reps and teams. And, and honestly, I wouldn't have known about him if it wasn't for Michael Essie, who, you know, said, hey, he called me up. There's this kid hanging with me for like 12 minutes on the motocross track. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, he's like, he can stay with me for 12 minutes. I go, then what happens? Well, then he can't, he doesn't have the endurance to stay there for, you know, 30 plus two, but he can stay there for 12. So I thought, well, if he can stay there for 12 minutes, that guy's pretty good. That would put him somewhere around 12th or 13th place in the 450 class. So anyway, I went and took a look at the guy and I was like, Oh, this kid's pretty good. And he had a really good attitude um, he was one of those kids that was grateful for everything that you talked to him about or did for him. And um, so Mike Genova said that we're going to give him a shot at the Daytona Supercross. We did. And uh, he performed very well there and was able to, uh, you know, win a couple races. And, and, and it was a stacked field that was there, you know. So uh, and then uh, it kind of grew from there. And we got some good results at Mammoth and Loretta Lynn's. And then obviously went to the Monster Cup and he snagged a win there and uh pulled two hole shots and won himself a truck and you know that was that was pretty much the writing on the wall for us and so we signed him right after the race to um compete in the 250 east supercross series for us 
Well, that's awfully special, and it's been a quite uh, quite some time and uh, a lot of time building up to having a trophy underneath uh, the canopy of Moto Concepts Racing at the end of any event, whether that be uh, the Amateur All-Stars or, or a Supercross near you. Um, what's it like to see the kid uh, to really take to the program, see dividends in his work, and now I'm sure that uh, moving into uh, this, this, uh, this Supercross season and, and, and elsewhere... Um, Cameron's uh, seeing that speed that he possessed at 12 minutes. He's seeing that at the at the 20 minute mark and beyond. Well, like I said, I mean, I think the key components of the of this whole thing it's it's got to be a working relationship on both sides. And if a rider knows everything and doesn't want to accept the information that you're giving him, you can't really help him that much. You know, um, with Cameron McAdoo, he's willing to accept all the information that we give him. He's willing to give it a try and see if it works for himself or not. Um, obviously, we have a lot of um, senior riders on the team, i.e. Justin Brayton, Mike Alessi, Vince Freeze, Kyle Chisholm. Um, that's a senior group of riders with a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. So I think you're going to see Cameron McAdoo go into the top kind of like on an elevator ride. <coughs> well, that's, that's a, a nice smooth scale right up to the top, man. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your other 450 rider that, or 250 rider that's come in uh, rather uh, um, unexpectedly and uh, very suddenly. Um, we talked to uh, Kyle Chisholm yesterday, and he kind of gave us an idea of how it all shut down. But uh, what's it like to have uh, not only one 250 rider, but now two 250 riders, um, adding to your gray hairs a little bit? No, no, not at all. Kyle Chisholm is, is a joy to work with. He's very easy on the bike. Um, he's not hard on the motorcycle at all or the parts. Um, and obviously I had, I was working behind the scenes with this one for about the last six months because he had, he had talked to me about it six months ago and said, Hey, I, I think, and I want to ride 250 class. And I said, just stay close to me on this. If you get that through, talk to me and I'll see what I can make happen. And so he called, I got the job and he got the job pretty much right away. And, um, but in terms of his riding, he's, he's very easy to work with. He knows what he wants. Um, he's not hard on the bike and, uh, not hard on our mechanics. He's, uh, he's a, he's a joy, joy to work with. That's awesome. So, uh, obviously, uh, that's a, a huge, uh, second portion of, uh, the Moto Concepts racing team, but Tony, you've been at this, uh, from, from day one, as far as, uh, the, the, the evolution of Moto Concepts racing, how has the relationship between you and Mike Genova grown as you guys have grown this team into something that, uh, originally, uh, with, uh, with, uh, David Villeman as a team manager back on Yamaha's to now, um, coming, coming through to with uh, a couple of different, uh, manufacturers now with Honda support doing your intro at the Honda track with a beautiful track that's built there and, and prepped for your supercross team to do its magic. Yeah, no, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, um, my relationship with Mike Genova, um, when I first got to Moto Concepts, I was uh, pretty much from the factory programs and wanted to do it that way. And uh, over the years, he has taught me that it can be done a better way, um, a more efficient way, um, a smarter way. And uh, I've, I've listened to him and I've grown with that philosophy. And uh, it, it obviously is working. I mean, you can see that our team is strong, it's solid, it's always at the races, it's always getting, you know, some level of results or television time or media time, and um, so, you know, I, I, I'm glad that I bought into that whole philosophy, and it's, like I said, it's been working great, and I'm glad that I 
was able to grow with that. And I, like I said, for me, I feel like I'm a better person now than I was five years ago. Um, that being said, uh, like uh, five, five years ago or even 13 years ago, uh, g- getting your, your first uh, son into uh, the professional ranks in Supercross was uh, was with Mike back in, I believe it was 2005 or 2004? 2004. Uh, Supercross, um, how, do, how does that relate to uh, getting kind of introducing Cameron to uh, to Supercross? As I know, of course, Mike didn't have to go through the road to Supercross for the uh, the arena cross races, but uh, like settle a young a young rider's nerves and uh, and getting him able just to do what he does best. Well, the difference was is that obviously Mike was 16; he was a ninth grader, so it, it's a lot more difficult dealing with a young kid, you know, trying to race men, the same men that are racing for house payments. You know, it's, it's, uh, where, you know, Cameron is, is 19. I feel like I'm talking to an adult working with an adult. It's, uh, it's quite a bit easier. I think it was very stressful, um, um, for Mike when he was a young kid like that, having to race with that much pressure. And I mean, heck, he didn't even have a driver's license and he was racing professional motocross. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, I uh, if I had to do it again, I'd, I'd get, you know, all race at 18 or 19. I think they're more suited for, for that level of stress and, and demands and travel and, you know, a lot going on and they need to be more mature, you know? So I think, I think that Cameron's in a much better position than Mike was. Um, yeah. Um, do you, do you think that that, uh, that, that's something that, that the AMA or, or professional motocross racing needs to look at is to extending the age of, of where you can race as an amateur coming into the pros as an 18 year old, because we've seen it work in, in baseball, football and, and hockey. You can't turn pro until you're, uh, in, until you're, you're basically a full blown adult. Um, do you think that that would, uh, kind of, um, change or improve uh the landscape of professional racing i guess we're kind of going off on a little bit of tangent here but uh, i kind of like that conversation well i i would support it 100 percent. coming from someone who you know i had to bring through the ranks a, a young kid you know uh in pro racing and obviously when you're a young kid you're not an adult and you know what you're going to make the mistakes that young kids make you know what i'm saying it'd be like yeah throwing a 16 year old out on the LAX traffic that's never been out there before. You know, what's going to happen. A lot of shit's going to go wrong. Excuse my language. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, I think, uh, you know, that that is the case. And I think that the riders shouldn't start racing professional motocross until it's what they want to do as an adult. You know what I'm saying? Not, not totally. a parent or whatever saying you're going to go race pro. You're going to go do this you know, where they're an adult, they're making their own decisions, and they're deciding what they want to do. And I think that that comes at an older age. I totally agree. I think that that's uh, more, uh, more, they're just more understanding and uh, and, and just more comprehension of, of what's at stake and what needs to be worked on uh, as far as uh, to, to be a, a a successful professional. Um, you yourself have been working hard on getting this team ready to go. What are the final pieces that need to be put in place to make sure that on January 7th, uh, all of the T's are crossed and all of the I's are dotted? Well, what I did early on is I made sure that I, got, I kept Mike Alessi and Vince Freeze on the 16 model bike because we had a, a proven package there. Yes. There was plenty of material um, and so what I did is I finalized both of their programs in November. So they were done. 
their race bikes were done, their race engines were done. Um, all their material for racing was ordered and put in the truck. So they were out of, you know, they were checked off the list. Um, then the next thing I had to get done um, was to um, build a practice bike for McAdoo and a practice bike for Chisholm, and that is done. Um, I am in the process of assembling Chisholm's race bike, which he'll be ready to start riding next week um, and testing and make sure it, it's what he's looking for. Um, so the hardest hurdle right now is to get Justin Brayton um, completely 100% online ready to go racing. And it's a difficult process because I just got the bike like right around the 1st of December. So I've only had uh, 19 days with the bike, you know? And so um, that's a lot to do in a short amount of time. And I still have to build him race parts. And so that's going to be the complicated one um, because obviously if, if he doesn't perform well, it, it's going to reflect as the team or myself not being able to do a good enough job for him. And uh, let me tell you, we are working day and night to make sure that he has what he needs to be competitive. And like I said, uh, we, you know, we just finished the first wave of, of, of a race engine for him. He tested today. He was very happy with his bike. His starts were perfect. Um, so now, now we have to duplicate that engine to build him a practice engine so that he practices and races on the same one. And then I obviously have to build another race engine that can be put into rotation for the, the engine that he has on his race bike. So I have a lot of work still to do. I have to, you know, build an entire race bike for him and we have to have all this done by, I mean, it's realistically it's January 5th. The race is the seventh, but yeah. January 5th is our, our bullseye, you know, because that's when we're at Anaheim, the truck is there, the people are there. Um, you know, the, the, the riders will be on the track for the press program. So realistically, the target is January 5th. Wow. Well, uh, the, that's, uh, we're, I guess we're in the third period as far as, uh, the clock ticking down, man. Uh, you're, you're a super hands-on guy and you like to, uh, to get all of, all of the, your ducks in a row. How much of a benefit is that to you that you have the, these 2016 full-blown race bikes ripped and ready to go? Uh, they're, they're more than ready. They've been ready, like you said, since, uh, since November. Um, that, uh, you're, you know, that's a proven package and that, uh, you, even though it's a great package right now, you can still improve on it as the season goes on yeah no i think our 16 is is uh it's it's where it's going to be there isn't going to be any more development on that bike because obviously next year we'll be on the new model bike for mike alessi and, and vince freeze um but what i what the goal was is was to get that checked off the list so i could devote all of my time you know in december to getting the 17 up and running and ready to go for top talent like justin brayton Totally. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about getting Justin Brayton on a Moto Concepts racing Honda. Um, this is a uh, this is a marquee rider. This is the number ten we're talking about. And uh, Justin Brayton yesterday talked about uh, setting goals of winning Supercross races. Uh, what's it like to have a kid like a guy like that uh, under under your tent, a twenty nine year old uh, that uh, is is ready ready to uh, basically have one of the best seasons he's ever had. He's rock, rolling off of an extremely successful uh, off season in 2016 and uh, the kid seems to be uh, just champing at the bit and uh, more than ready to throw down from January on and I think uh, those winning ways will carry him forward well I think he's for sure podium um, material for next year 
the thing that works for him is he's a very good starter and he's very solid on the bike. Um, and you can count on him to do, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Mistake-free laps. And so a guy like that is a lethal guy on the track, you know, because he's out front. He's not making mistakes. I mean, if you're going to pass or beat, beat Justin Brayton, you're going to literally have to move the guy out of the way because he isn't going to leave you an opening and he isn't going to make a mistake, you know. So that's a, that's a solid performer right there. And so we're, we're looking forward to, you know, the 2017 season and what we're going to produce with him. Absolutely. Now, do you hope that uh, the attitude and the results and uh, kind of the, the way that uh, Justin approaches racing is kind of infectious throughout the team and uh, gets into not only your youngest riders, but uh, but Mike and Vince as well, hopefully elevate the entire squad to, uh, to, to like, I could easily see uh, some races throughout this uh, the early portion of this year where you see three uh, Moto Concepts racing Hondas inside the top ten. I'd say that's definitely possible. Um, for sure, he's a great role model for the other riders. I mean, he's he is the epitome of professionalism, uh, and he is committed and dedicated to his craft. He has a very, very good understanding of the motorcycle, which makes him an, an excellent test rider. You know that the parts that he picks are correct, and they are the best choice. And so, uh, like I said, this is going to help all of the other riders on the team. And he's not the kind of guy that's, that's going to be, like, um, holding back or trying to keep it all to himself and, you know, whatever. He's, um, he's definitely a team player and wants to see the whole team su- succeed as a whole. Awesome. Well, uh, I definitely uh, think that uh, that's going to be a huge elevation for the entire squad. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Vince Freezy, a guy who's been on, this, on the team for a long period of time and uh, on both a 250 and a 450. And uh, he's also proven that uh, that race tech suspension can get the job done. It can it can lead laps in a Supercross. It can it can lead laps in in main events and and make some seriously special things happen out there on the motocross track. Uh, he's been uh, backed by. <laughs> I race tech for a long period of time, and that's who you guys choose for uh, suspension with everybody except for Justin Brayton. How uh, how awesome is it to have those guys in your corner once again? Well, race tech, like I said, we have a, a very very good working relationship with those that group, and they are awesome. I mean, they are there to help us in every way possible. Um, they don't hold back, they don't compromise, um, and they want the best just as much as we do. So. That relationship is is really good. And in terms of Vince Freeze, I mean, he's our sophomore 450 rider on the team. And the reality is, I mean, he probably has the most potential of all of the guys. Um, but he just, he's still, you know, he's still new in the 450 class. So he's still learning. Um, but his level of intensity is, is by far the highest. And he is super smart about what he's doing on the bike. Uh, and he, he is constantly trying to improve himself. So yeah, that's been three. Fair enough. So, uh, in this whole, this whole process of, uh, of developing a race team and approaching racing a different way, like you mentioned that you come from a factory program. Now you do things differently. What are some of the key points that you've learned over the years and, uh, and continue look to continue learning as you move forward? Well, I mean, a lot of things at the higher levels at the factory levels are, are, over the top they're overkill they're they're unnecessary you know what i'm saying and so we've learned over the years that you know there's a better approach to it 
and and that and the and, oh sorry you're you're cut up for a second there. Oh, sorry about that. What I said was there's a there's a much more economical approach to racing. Um, factory teams they have a budget and they blow it. That's what they do. That's their job to use yeah. the budget. Um, for for teams that are you know not a manufacturer's team, I mean we have to be able to race every weekend. And so for us to do that, we have to you know, be efficient with our material. And so um, a lot of the factory things, I mean, are, are overkill. And so we, like I said, have become more efficient in the way that we do things. Um, we don't spend as much money. And obviously that makes us of the non-manufacturer teams a stronger team because we're, we're spending half as much money as the other ones are. And we're still doing just as good a job. Absolutely. Arguably, uh, uh, often beating out uh, a lot of those factory teams that, uh, like you said, have, uh, are, are, are dealing with uh, a, a number twice as big as far as a budget. Um, this team is coming together as uh, five riders who uh, who look to kind of create some career bests and, uh, and be consistent every single week. But uh, what... What needs to happen in 2017 for Tony Alessi to look back on it and uh, and say that this was a su- successful year? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'd like to see all of our guys safe throughout the year. I'd like to see all of our guys racing at every event that they can race at. Um, so that, to me, right off the bat, would be a success. Um, the second thing that I would really feel is a success is if we can race the entire season without any drama, without any controversy, without any of that. And we can be squeaky clean come Las Vegas Supercross. Um, I would feel that that would be a great success. And um, obviously, I, I believe that our guys will be steady, steady Eddie all the way through the entire series. And you're going to see our guys, you know, racing every weekend, getting results every weekend. Um, I think our bikes are really good, and I, I, that's, that, that would be a success to just see that picture um, come the end of 2017. Awesome, man. Well, I know you've got a, a ton of uh, great supporters with, uh, with the Moto Concepts Racing Team. Uh, give those guys some love for us, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, so the, the, the sponsors that have been helping us out, obviously Race Tech has been providing our suspension services, and we can't thank them enough for that. Um, Chad Braun at XPR has been handling our um, engine assembly uh, and has done a great job with that as well. Yoshimura with our pipes. Um, we are uh, very happy with the support that we get from um, Mika Handlebars and DT1 Air Filters. They're kind of one and the same. Um, obviously, all the guys that work at Moto. Our wheel builder, Brian, has done a great job. Our seat, our seat person, which is Dutch Racing, um, has always uh, been there for us, and they're always on the spot. Great job from the people at Moto Stuff who help us with our foot pegs and our brake rotors and um, lots of other cool parts on the bike. And obviously, we appreciate their help as well. UFO you're, you're, you're breaking up a little bit there, Tony. Oh, there you go. UFO providing all the plastic for the bike. Um, our, our clamps are, you know, we appreciate the guys at Xtrig for their support. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that should probably cover most of our sponsors for this awesome. coming season, obviously in Maxima Oil, who's new on board. 
Perfect. Well, uh, glad to hear that they're on board, and it was a pleasure to have you on the show as well as uh, all five of your athletes, uh, Tony. Uh, you're, you're a great ambassador to the sport, and it's great to see that uh, you've built this team to be something uh, truly special rolling into 2017. Wish you uh, all the best over the holiday season, and uh, thank you very, very much for coming on the podcast show. Don't hang up just yet, sir, but uh, we'll, we'll cut it off right there. All right. Well, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for all the kind words. Late afternoon, another day is nearly done. A darker gray is breaking through a lighter one. And sharpened elbows in the underground That hollow hurried sound Feet on polished floor And in the dollar store The clerk is closing up And counting loonies trying not to say I hate Checks the mirror seven minutes late The crowded rider's restlessness enunciates The guess who sucked the jets were lousy anyway The same route every day And in the turning lane Someone stalled a game He's talking to himself And hears the price of gas repeat his phrase I hate Winnipeg Winnipeg.